said, I didn't know it was actually running because I thought I put in uh yeah okay so it should be muted my bad my bad <laughs> that was oh, wow. uh, that was that's, uh, that's gonna that's gonna be annoying for people listening on iTunes and Spotify yeah um, I might have to cut that out I might have to download it and then uh, cut that out and um in Premiere or something. Uh, cut out the beginning oh, okay. of the show. Sorry about that, everybody. Is <laughs> uh, start over again. <laughs> can you not? Can you? Can is is everything good? Can you? Uh, <laughs> did I did I destroy your ears? Uh, oh dear. Okay, I think everybody's saying uh, that's uh, it's pretty good. Anyways, so yeah, I'm Rand. I screwed up. I'm sorry. I didn't know the audio <laughs> was playing. I didn't see it in OBS that it was actually playing. All I saw was mine and Jez's audio. I didn't uh, actually see uh the audio for the game running but uh welcome everybody i'm rand with me as always is jazz <laughs> and i know you guys probably didn't hear it because i blew your eardrums out but uh yeah jazz is playing a secret game you can't talk about indeed we usually start the show with what we've been playing this week but i can't tell you what i've been playing this week so we're gonna have to skip straight to you i'm afraid straight to me i mean but you know before we actually do that i just want to take some time are you, are you, you being safe is everything okay over there I've been pretty sick actually the last week, but um, I'm starting to feel better now. I have no idea if it was the scary virus or not. Some of the symptoms were like it, and it didn't feel like any illness I've ever had before, but I don't know. Mild symptoms didn't need to get tested, so I guess I'll never know. But I'm feeling better now. How are you doing? Yeah, because uh, we didn't do the show on Wednesday because you weren't feeling very good, you know. And that's the thing with the show; it's just me and Jazz. So sometimes, you know, we're we're on track, ready to go, and then one of us might be sick, and you can't really have the show without both people feeling good. You weren't; you were definitely under the weather on uh, Wednesday. So I was like, "Hey, you know what? I'll let you. Uh, you know, we'll just do the show on Friday." So I'm doing okay, although. Um, we did, we, we did have a, a COVID scare here, and I probably even shouldn't say that word, but one of my family members is getting tested for the uh, V word, and uh, we'll have to wait and see how that actually comes back. So hopefully comes back, uh, hopefully it comes back negative, you know, even though we've been practicing good social distancing, you never know. Uh, so uh, yeah, that, I'm a little bit worried about that. Not necessarily from for myself, but you know, for other family members. So hopefully, everybody out there is staying safe in these ridiculous times that we now find ourselves living in. Which, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I I don't know. It's like almost out of a movie. But um, yeah, um, right. I want to thank everybody for being here. Sorry, I blew out your eardrums with Doom. Uh, thanks to the Darge Knight, Eagles fan, Jesse Darby, Gunstar, Craven God, Spade White, Mark of the Dragon, Sub Zedox, uh, and the Xbox Era, always big supporters. Uh, Nat Hardman, James Whitfield, Noob Pro. Thank you guys for being here. Nine Lives, Ashtray Gaming. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us, even though it's, the show can be pretty much on any day of the week. So I got to read out a couple super chats. We got Eagles fan with Jazz Sony Trolls favorite guy of the week famous. We, you know me and me and Jazz talked about that earlier, to, right, right before the show started. Jazz, uh, <laughs> and we're definitely going to be talking about that, right, Jazz? Indeed, I haven't seen a lot of it because I have thousands of people blocked. But you know, it is what it is. You block? I don't block. I have like 
if if I block you, it's either because you have me blocked or because you are just a asshole. My, so my block my block list, or you like really attack me personally, is like five or six people. Uh, but my mute game is strong. I think I have like three hundred people <laughs> muted. Just like if I see, it's like I just I don't want to see you ever again. You're just muted. If you tweet me and you're muted, I just like the fact that you'll never, I'll never see it. And you can keep on muting, muting. You know, you can keep on tweeting me, but I'll never see it. I don't give a shit. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Darge Knight, who, by the way, just started his own YouTube channel. Put out a second video reviewing Doom Eternal. Uh, Darge, why don't you throw out the uh, good old link to your channel there so more people can follow the next big YouTube superstar, Dodge Knight. He says, from London with love, stay safe, everybody. We appreciate that, Darge. Hope you're uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, Teizachi says, first time I catch the show live, Rand makes me deaf. Rand, I'll blow your eardrums. Thanks for your videos and articles, <laughs> Jez. Yeah, I'm not going to live that one. Down. I can't, you know, I, I actually didn't put this, because normally I would take like a clip, and stick, stitch it together, put it in Premiere, and remove the audio. This one, I only had Doom. I recorded like an hour of Doom, and I just am just using it straight from the from you know the the USB. So I didn't actually remove the audio. So, uh, <laughs> like I was totally when people are like, "Oh my God, it's too loud!" Like I was like, I, I immediately looked. I'm like, "Oh yeah, damn it! I didn't actually mute it. My bad." <laughs> All right. <laughs> So um, yeah, we got a, we got a whole bunch of uh, topics for you guys. Obviously, the big news this week: uh, Phil Spencer talked at the, in length with Ryan McCaffrey about uh, Xbox Series X, how it yes. stacks up against the PlayStation Five. A whole bunch of other topics within there, which we'll go over. Um, obviously, the whole Last of Us Two getting delayed, but not just Last of Us. It seems like almost every game's getting delayed. We're going to talk about that. Uh, PS5 having issues, overheating, what's going on with that? That was a big thing yesterday. Uh, my buddy Zalker put out a ridiculous video yesterday about some stupid rumor that Konami and Microsoft is buying all of Konami's IPs. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to talk about that. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff here we're going to talk about. So before we get into it, uh, you know, if you guys could do us a big favor, Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Share this out on Twitter or Facebook. Little buttons at the little bottom there. Take like a second to do it. Just click the thumb up. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that share button. Hit the notification bell. Uh, Follow me and Jez on Twitter. It's right there on the screen. Enjoy the Doom gameplay. And we're going to get going after I read this super chat from Sin Vendetta. What's going on, buddy? It says, Jez. Was the game you've been playing Mortal Shell? Because that game got announced yesterday and it got me hyped. I no, it's not. First of all, but I haven't checked that out yet. I've heard it's a Souls-like game, isn't it? Mortal yeah, it Shell. does. It it looks like a Souls-like game, and it looks great. It looks really yeah, good. I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't checked that out yet, but no, it isn't that. And I probably wouldn't play that even if, even if, because I'm not very good at those kind of games. I you mean, I, I I'll you know what? After how much I really enjoyed Sekiro and how much I enjoyed Bloodborne. I will definitely try out Mortal Shell. It definitely looks really appealing. I'm just not too sure on the gameplay aspect yet, but it's made by 15 people, supposedly coming this year. It's definitely kind of jumped up 
to you know anticipated levels considering I don't even know what's coming out the rest of the year anymore. I thought we were about to go in through like a, a period here of greatness that started with Ori, you know, and continued on with Doom and Resident Evil 3, which I haven't played yet, but the reviews weren't that positive for it. Well, they were positive, but they weren't as high as Resident Evil 2. And I thought we were going to go to, well, I'm, I'm going to be playing F- Final Fantasy 7 Remake next week. You're going to be playing that next week too, uh, because I convinced you to, right, Jez? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, and then uh, I thought we we're gonna Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima right after that, but who knows? And who even knows if any games that are scheduled for the fall are actually gonna release? So that game, if it does come out, you know, definitely be pretty pretty high up there. So shout out to Pred Des for the super chat. He says, "Was it FIFA or PSX in the Xbox Series X re- reveal?" Googly eyes, stay safe. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about the. VGA reveal where they had a soccer player right in between a Forza car and, and Master Chief. What do you think, Jez? Was it FIFA or was it PES? I would say it's it, it's oh. FIFA. I would imagine it's FIFA. I've not played either of them for like about 15 years. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, what I can do is probably speak to our sports dude we have an ex sports expert on the team he'll probably be able to tell just from looking at it yeah so i i would assume fifa though right i would assume fifa i mean i suppose, I, I suppose people are wondering if it's pes because microsoft's gonna buy all of konami's IP. i know right yeah <laughs> and uh Gun- <laughs> gunstar he says what questions was ryan at ign told he couldn't ask hmm i mean he didn't he didn't once mention lockhart which i thought was interesting um yeah in both interviews not only in the the one-on-one interview with phil he did uh on wednesday but the console watch interview that he did today with ryan and i i forget the other guy damon hatfield no Mm -hmm. mention of another xbox skew so i wonder if maybe ign already knows or they were told not to ask about it so Interesting, interesting, interesting. But we're, we'll talk about all that stuff as soon as we get done about with the most important section, which is the what you've been playing. Jez has been playing a game you can't talk about, so obviously, thank God, no mention of Animal Crossing or World of Warcraft this week. No, nope, Sa- I'm saving the people. Saving the people from that. Um, <laughs> what do we got? So, what have I been playing? I finished Doom Eternal. I absolutely love Doom Eternal, Jazz. Even though I did feel that the final boss fight was... Um, what's the nice way of saying this? Underwhelming, I guess, was, is a nice way of saying it. That final boss I fight was... I like that. Really? You liked the final boss fight? Because I, yeah, I, I, I did not. I did not. I, I thought, didn't think it was amazing, but I didn't think it was terrible. Hmm. See, I, I liked, thought it was like quite epic like as a set piece. See, I liked the boss fight before no, that I mean, in the previous no spoilers, level. Right? Yeah, no, no spoilers. spoilers. Don't spoil it for anybody. Um, I, I liked the previous boss fight and the level before that. That one I thought was fun. But whatever... I, maybe it's because I expected something different. Like, maybe... like, And I'm going to tell you what I thought was going to happen and what didn't happen. I don't know if people... You know what? I'm just not even going to touch it. I'm just, I'm just going to say I didn't like the how the final boss of the game. But... All in all, I think Doom Eternal is a much better game than Doom 2016. I really like the changes they did, uh, where actually every weapon has a purpose. Enemies have like uh, different, you know, uh, like dis- like uh, 
points of you, you got to get rid of like uh the ones the the marauder not the marauders but the uh skeletons that have the like the guns on top of them and you can like get rid of them or the mancubuses where you can shoot out their arm cannons or the spider uh arachnids where you can get rid of their turrets like i like that idea of like disabling the enemies and using your chainsaw a lot to get ammo because in 2016 i kind of stuck with one gun and i enjoyed the actual exploration element i know you weren't a big fan of that jumping no, double like dashing and stuff i said in my my review that i like the platforming as an exploration thing but not in the linear play because it just felt like a road bump towards the next section you know i thought mm-hmm. the platform was clunky but I mostly liked it. And, I, liked uh, I mean, it. I, I like the game overall. I mean, but I didn't like the platforming. Right. And I didn't like the swimming stuff, you know? I just wanted to kill Yeah, the swimming like, wasn't... Oh, by the way, now you have to do this. The swimming Simple wasn't that. very good. It, was, it, it definitely probably should never... I don't know, like, it, it was so underutilized that you, it makes you think, like, why wasn't even in the game in the first place? Because you didn't mm. do it that much. Like, I understand why the double jumping and the platforming is in there because you do it all the time throughout the entire game. That swimming part, I think it's, like, in, in it twice. And you do it, like, so infrequently, hardly ever, that it's like, well, why did they even bother building this this swimming section? I, I The game could have done without it. But all in all, God, it is such a great game. It looks great on uh, the 1X, runs great. Um, HDR is amazing. Um, can't wait to see what they do with it for Series X if they, you know, plan on upgrading it. Like, what could we see? Native 4K, 60 frame locked. Native 4K, 120 frames. You know, they're talking about 120 frames. Phil mentioned in these interviews that one of the things they wanted to focus on was frame rate for the next console. So I wonder if yep. we're going to see in a bunch of well, games. They talked about um, Gears 5 multiplayer maybe exploring 120 frames. Yeah. Hundred twenty frames. frames would be good, but obviously you would need a, a device that actually can display that. And I currently don't, yeah. so <laughs> I need Me. to get a one of those uh, LG C9s that have the ability to do uh, one hundred twenty refresh rate. Because after using this uh, B8 OLED, I'm never going away from OLED. It just makes games look. It, they, the games look so good on it, you know. Yep. I mean, like, that was the, the first thing I noticed when I switched, like, I don't even have an OLED, I have a QLED, but, like, my pra- my previous TV had, like, fake HDR, like, 250 nits or something, and mm-hmm. going to the QLED was just, like, literally night and day. Like, could never go back, man. Could never go back. Could never go back, yeah. So, shout out to, um... Geekhead at one eight eight for the Super Chat says, So are the rumors of the PS5 overheating true? Um, we'll talk about that when that subject comes up. Uh, I'll just say now, like, I don't think so. I think a lot of this stuff is blown out of proportion. Uh, but, uh, we'll definitely dive into that because Jez was embroiled in this controversy. Poor Jez, you're always getting, you're always getting embroiled in controversies. Controversies, as you would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Doom Eternal completely finished. I went through obviously every level, uh, found everything in every level. I have like all the achievements except for the multiplayer, and I'm not I'm not interested in playing that multiplayer at all. Like I have no interest in what is it's this battle mode? I have no interest yeah, in I doing that. It. It's bad. Like it, I I tried it because I was like, shall I write about this? But 
No, it's bad. I yeah, don't, I, I just don't care. And um, like the only other achievement I could get for the single player is basically go through extra life mode. And it's like, I don't know. Like I would go through extra life mode if it was my last achievement. But because I know I'm not going to even bother with the other achievements for battle mode, it's like, why bother, you know, doing this for, like, mm. I don't know, maybe because we're about to go into a, a extended uh, period of not a lot of new games coming out, I could probably blow through Doom Eternal in like six hours on easy difficulty in extra life mode, you know? So may- maybe I'll go through that. Maybe I actually go back and actually finish and start Horizon Zero Dawn. I do have a ton of games in my backlog, and if these games aren't coming out, uh, then my, that might be what I have to do. But, uh, Jez, I have a confession to make. Okay, what is that? I, um... <clears throat> uh, there's a Battle Royale game that's out, and I kind of um, played a little bit of, of one of them. Mm, battle Royale game. About a Battle Royale game, yeah. Can you can PUBG? No, maybe? no, PUBG. I don't even have PUBG oh. installed anymore on my Xbox. You'd be very Isn't proud that of me. Betrayal. Uh, betrayal. No, not really. Nobody wants to play it anymore. But um, okay. yeah, I, I I I started getting into Call of Duty Warzone. How is that? I haven't tried it myself, but a lot of people on our team seem to like it and that sort of stuff. It's tell me really it. good. It is. Like, if I had to rank the Battle Royales for the ones that I actually like, PUBG is number one, clearly. And I honestly think Warzone's better than Apex Legends. Like, like I, I didn't really play Fortnite very much, so I don't really have an opinion on that. Uh, I, I, hate, I hated the building in Fortnite when I played the campaign. Uh, so, to me, like, no. It's basically PUBG and Warzone. I, I, I hated... Call of Duty Blackout, uh, Blackout, the mode in Black Ops. Um, this one's really good. However, dude, the people that play Call of Duty Warzone are sweaty. They're a bunch sweaty. of tryhards. You know what, what I mean? mean? They're trying all the time. They're just trying to rack up kills. Like, they're not even really trying to win. It's all about, like, hey, I'm going to s- sit on this mountain and just snipe you with an infrared scope. You know? <laughs> but it's actually... Really well done, and the, probably one of the biggest things I like about it is that even if you do die, you get an instant chance of coming back. So if you die, you get sent to the gulag, which is the prison, and you 1v1 someone else that died. And if you beat that person, you respawn in, into the game, and you can link back up with your teammates. And even so, you can do that once per match. So if you do die again, Your teammates can then just spend the money that you earn by killing people, picking up their cash, and finding, you know, cash all around the map. They can actually buy you back in. Oh, man, there's too much pressure. There's too much pressure for me. It's it's not... I'd be like... I'd be like... I'd feel like, oh, man, I died, and then, oh, my team's got to waste their money on reviving me, and then I'll die again or something. That's too much pressure for me. That's why I prefer, like, Battlefield and stuff where I can just, you know... It's if I if I screw up, I don't screw anyone else over. You know, too much pressure. And Velvet says, if you guys try hard too much, that means you suck at the game. No, I don't suck. We don't suck at the game. Me and my buddy Lovebug Gopher, I see in chat, and he says Rand's the Gulag King, and I I am the Gulag King. I get I always get back in most of the time. We're pretty good. We hold our own, man. I mean, we same thing with PUBG and Apex. We're pretty good. It's just that uh, uh, Call of Warzone's like a different experience from the others. Uh, 
it's definitely more intense when you get to the final circle, but it's it's a ton of fun. I, I, I one of the one of the issues I do have currently is that you can only play with up to three people. It's trios. However, season three is coming, I think, next week, and I did say that they're gonna have quads. So we're getting the team back together, Gopher. We're getting the team. Quads are coming. You know what that means? We're gonna dominate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I enjoy Warzone, um, Doom what, Eternal. What makes it better than Blackout? Just the, just the. Um, it, it, I don't know. Like it feels better to play. Um, the like picking up the loot to me is a little bit easier because you just run over. Run, run them over, like run over the ammo. It audio automatically pick it up. It's easy to kind of tell what guns are better than the ones you currently have. There's no like attachments you you put on weapons, so it's just like, oh, you have a green. This weapon's like, uh, you know, a purple. It's better. Grab it. And then when you get enough ammo, you can go to buy stations, which are littered throughout the map, and you can call in custom loadouts, which you set at the main menu. And then you can just basically get a custom loadout that you want. So you don't have to worry about loot realistically. I know it it feels like it's much more well thought out uh, because it, to me it's like Blackout was a response to how well PUBG and Fortnite was doing, and they had to get it out really quick, so it wasn't really kind uh, of rushed. Yeah, it wasn't really given the time to kind of be its own thing. This one definitely seems like they had the time. They saw what worked in all the other different versions, and they just were able to make a really great uh, battle royale game that that you know I, I think changes a lot of like the whole respawning getting bought, bought back in and the gulag stuff like I wouldn't be surprised if Fortnite or any of these other uh, games like kind of uh, copy that because it's really good because you're not just sitting there just waiting like oh my team died now I got nothing to do it's like no you can get right back in that was but, um, <clears throat> that was one thing as well that put me off about battle royale games is like the the impatience i'm impatient and when i die in like regular call of duty or battlefield i can get straight back in don't have to start a whole new match don't have to go load screen and all that stuff do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that might appeal to me i might give it a go at some point maybe Mm. so yeah that's what i've been playing uh obviously i'm gonna start playing resident evil 3 this week i'm gonna start it tomorrow or tonight and the, the thing is, I might actually finish tonight, depending on how, when I actually start it and what time, uh, how long it takes me to beat it. Like, I hear it could be beaten four hours, five hours, six hours. How long was your f- first playthrough on Resident Evil 3? I suppose I could talk about Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I mean, I you did play it and you did review it, right? Yeah, I, I didn't review it, actually. Um, oh. Sam did, but I, I have completed it, yeah. So what do you, what do you think um, about Resident Evil 3? Too short. Too um, short. Okay. For the fact that it's sixty dollars, and there are there are stuff cut. There's stuff cut out of it from the original, which is like, as a fan of the original, that bugged me. It's kind of like, it's not like they were struggling for things to fit in the game because it's it can be completed in a very short amount of time. So if they'd included the stuff that they'd cut, they could have got the time up the, the playtime of it up more and it would have been like way more value for money. And like that multiplayer mode that they tacked on is garbage, frankly. I can't stand it. And I don't think anyone's gonna play it. So it's kinda like the trade off of losing the content from the original Resident Evil is this multiplayer mode nobody's gonna play. 
just because they wanted to have a you know they wanted to have a microtransaction layer in there. It feels like old Capcom. It feels almost like what EA tried to do with Dead Space Two, but even Dead Space Two was longer than that. So I don't know, man. It, it, but what bothers me about it is more the fact that like Capcom has been doing really well for the last few years, and they've kept their greed in check. And then we've got sort of this sixty-dollar game, which is like missing a load of stuff from the original, and it's got a tactile multiplayer mode that nobody asked for. Kind of reminds me of the old Capcom guys, but you know, it was overall it was really fun, and like the stuff that is there is really cool and well done. Like, uh, you know, Nemesis is great. The graphics are incredible, and it still feels fun to play. But the fact, the fact as well, man. They had all the they had all the zombie models from Resident Evil Two. They didn't have to work on that. They had the police station for Resident Evil Two. They didn't have to work on that. And it's still as short as it is. As short as it is, I feel kind of like cheated, you know. Hmm. So that's my thoughts on it in a, in a, in a nutshell. Did you get the get it? Did you get a chance to play uh, the Resident Evil Resistance game that came with it? That's what I said. I I said like. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of the the beta and it was it was awful. But my buddies who seem to like it when you play as the mastermind though, well, like it's it's fun to troll and stuff as the mastermind, I guess, like a couple of times. But the thing is, the survivors are just really like kind of overpowered, and like a survivor who knows what they're doing, they won't they won't lose, you know. So. And th- at that point, it kind of feels like you're there to provide fun for the other player, which is kind of like, oh, I don't know. I just don't really like that kind of experience. So personally, I would have preferred a longer single player campaign, more like Resident Evil 2. I don't know. Resident Evil 2 just felt like more of a realized project, and this felt like a bit of a cash in. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Someone says I wasn't listening. I, I was looking at something in OBS. So I, I, I didn't catch what Jez was saying. My bad. I always try to listen, but I was I was fiddling with something in OBS. So okay. um I forgive you. So uh is it you, you think it's just because maybe Resident Evil three didn't turn out as well as two because well, Resident Evil three the original isn't as good as two. And because they outsourced this, this isn't uh, an internal Capcom dev that made it. It's an external studio. You think that have anything well, to do with it? The stuff that's there is good. It's just short. Not as good as, as Resident like, Evil 2? Yeah, and there's stuff cut out from Resident Evil 3. Like, there's a whole there's a whole boss cut out of the game. And not only is that boss really fun and cool, and I would have loved to have seen it in 4K, and I won't spoil what it is, but um, it's also, like, part of the plot in the original. Like and a whole oh, two areas are cut out from the original as well, and even though like some of the other areas are kind of longer to make up for it, it's still not enough for me. So I would honestly like the stuff that is there is cool, like Nemesis is cool and stuff. But honestly, I would wait for a sale. Yeah, I mean, I already have it. I bought it, so I can't wait to dig into it. I I did like Resident Evil Three, but not as much as Resident Evil Two. Um, I just. I, I don't know, like, I, uh, I I played the demo, I liked it, but I got that feeling of, like, uh, deja vu, like, I just went through this not that long ago. That's the thing, like, the fact that they released it a year later, it would have had to have been even better, you know? It would have had to have done something more. And instead, it's just kind of, like, rushed and a bit cash-in-ish, 
Yeah. So, I don't know. Shout out to Gunstar. He says, hey, another shout out to our family member, the Darge Knight. Check his new YouTube adventure, Support Our Bro. That's right. You guys check out Darge's YouTube channel. Just put up his Doom Eternal review, which obviously I'm using footage of right now. Uh, yeah, support Darge. Check out his channel. Subscribe, like, all that good stuff. So, yeah, you know, before we actually move on to the topics, I figure I'd talk about it here because it's game-related. Did you watch the um, ID at Xbox showcase they did yesterday? The six I videos? I haven't watched it yet, no. I've been, I've been really busy today, so I haven't, I haven't checked that out yet. But I've heard good things. It, I... This is the way Microsoft should do uh, ID at Xbox stuff moving forward. I watched it uh, last night. There's six videos. Each video features uh, five indie games, uh, give or take, like around there, with developers talking about their game. Uh, these games were supposed to be shown at GDC, but obviously GDC was canceled, so they kind of packaged it into these different videos. Obviously, not every game will be you know, something that you might enjoy. And I'm someone who does enjoy indie games, but there's a couple there that I was like, I don't know about. But there's a few there that I, that I was watching. I'm like, that's on my radar now. So go to the ID at Xbox YouTube channel. Make sure you guys you know, check it out. You might find you know, a game that you like. A lot of them are going to be launching on Game Pass, if I've heard correctly. Uh, some of them look really cool. And that's, that's how I hope they do a lot of that stuff moving forward. And I wonder if that's maybe even a preview of how Xbox is going to do a digital event that's supposed to replace E3. Because I am really curious how you do that now. How do you replace well, like, that big, of, you know? They can't. They can't do it with a live audience because of social distancing. Really, they shouldn't even be like asking their staff to travel and stuff. Maybe. So maybe they just do it remotely. You know, using microphones at home and stuff. I don't know. Mm. I mean, you can get pretty good mics that you just plug into your computer these days. So I don't see why not. But. Yeah, you definitely can. So uh, moving on from the games played segment, we're gonna get into the topics. So you know what that means. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Share this out. Uh, we appreciate everybody being here, everybody who's supporting the channel through uh, Super Chats, and anybody watching this later when it goes up on Spotify and iTunes. We're the, what What are we, the 130th ranked leisure podcast on, on iTunes? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, gonna, we're, we're aiming for number one on the leisure leaderboards. I'm 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 sure I've categorized the thing correctly somehow. But <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, maybe more people would listen <laughs> to us if we were like a gaming uh pocket. You said there's what no gaming po- like uh. I don't section? know because I don't I don't have an iPhone and you couldn't be bothered to check. So yeah, I don't really use. We will we'll, we'll stay as a a leisure stay. a leisure podcast. Yeah, we we'll, we will be the leisure gaming podcast forever. All right, so we have a bunch of stuff here to talk about. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, one here first, uh, the Call of Duty stuff that's going on right now before we delve into like all the Xbox Series X, Series X and PlayStation 5 stuff. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, exclusive to PlayStation for 30 days. And, um, you know what my first thought of when I saw all the people complaining about it on Twitter, Jez? What's that? Was I never, I never want to hear anybody ever say again that nobody cares about the Call of Duty campaign. Because <laughs> I don't know how, for how long I have sat there and listened to people say, 
Uh, nobody care. Nobody plays the campaign. Nobody cares about the Call of Duty campaign. It's all about the multiplayer, bruh. Get rid of them. And then when when they cut out the campaign for Black Ops Four, was it the one that came out last year? Everybody's like, "This is the new future, man." The Call of Duty games will just be multiplayer and zombies. And I said, "Well, then I ain't buying it because screw Call of Duty multiplayer. Screw Call of Duty zombies. I want the campaign, right?" What do I see on Twitter? What do I see on social media? How dare you? How dare you know Sony do this, which is obviously a remnant of the deal they signed probably years ago because this game was supposed to come out in 2018. But everybody was just complaining about not having a campaign, a remastered campaign from one, a game 11 years ago, 11-year-old game. <laughs> Lining up and being like, give me the campaign. I'm like, see, I knew it. I knew people wanted the campaign. They were just saying that stuff. Uh... So what do, what do you think about Sony uh, having the exclusivity? Do you blame them more? Do you blame Activision for accepting it? Uh, do you I'm think this was the right time for them to release uh, this I'm, remaster? I'm more in the camp of who cares. It's only a who month. Cares? Everyone's got a massive backlog. Just play something else for a little while. I mean, it's like, I get it. It's fear of missing out and all that sort of stuff. But, you know... At the end of the day, this is sort of like the kind of deal that Sony's done for DLC, right? Yeah. Month exclusivity. And PlayStation fans had to deal with that for an entire gen, last gen, with the PS3. Like, every Call of Duty DLC was, like, months exclusive. Or, yeah, like, a, a month exclusive to X- Xbox 360. And then, like, you had other games, like, you know... Some of the Fallout 3 DLC, I don't think, even released on PS3, if I remember correctly. Uh, that and, had more uh, of it, more to do with the how the PS3's like system architecture was in the RAM. Like it just oh, really? did not. I think eventually all the like Fallout and Elder Scrolls DLC came, but those games that engine did okay. not run well on the PlayStation Three. No, it did not. But in any case, you know it's it's kind of just it's just a month. It's just a month. There's right. like loads of games to play. I don't see it as a big deal. And I see it as like, you know, something nice for PlayStation fans, I guess. You get to play it a few weeks early. But it's it's also, <laughs> if I was a PlayStation fan right now, I'd be kind of like, well, there's Persona, there's Final Fantasy, and there's Call of Duty multiplayer. Kind of like sport for choice, right? Yeah. Well, this is, my thing is like, clearly, this was a holdover from the original deal. Because if you remember, I believe... Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original, like, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered was exclusive for 30 days. Hmm. And if you look at the trailer screen, when when the trailer leaked for this game, it had, like, 2009, 2018 in the trademark section in the bottom left. This game was supposed to come out in 2018, and they held it for whatever reason. So this probably just fell under the old arrangement that Sony made. It wasn't like Sony made this deal recently. It was, like, one that always was made. Um, and clearly I think they were trying to find the right time to release this and maybe they felt, Hey, you know what, what better time when people are at home and looking for something to play than to release a 1999 campaign only modern warfare two that doesn't have multiplayer, which is what majority of people who play call of duty want and doesn't have even spec ops. It's just the campaign. Now, I'm going to get it when it comes out on Xbox. So, on April 30th or whatever day it is, I'll How get it. How much is it? It's 19 bucks or $20. And it's, it's just attached 
to Modern Warfare. No, it's not attached to Modern Warfare what, at all. It's just a standalone just product. A stand, standalone DLC. It's not even DLC. It's it's, a, it's own game. Well, standalone digital digital release. Well, they're yes. releasing it physical too. No, and no physical as far as I'm aware. It's almost as if that's what Resident Evil should have been. Ooh, really? Resident Evil 3. Hmm. <clears throat> because Resident Evil 3 barely feels like it deserves to be $60. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm salty about that, I think. Let me ask you into a more of a broader question here. And people in the chat can obviously respond. Does exclusivity like stuff like something like this work? Or like because I'm just wondering, does it does it work for a remaster? Like, are people honestly going to buy Call of Duty, uh, PlayStations to get Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Or is it the deals that Sony did for something like Final Fantasy VII Remake? Because we were talking before, you think there's a chance, or more than likely, that Final Fantasy VII Remake may not come to Xbox when the year exclusivity is up, right? Well... I would like to think that it will, but, you know, it kind of like, everyone says that um, the fact that it's not, they don't describe it as exclusive. The fact that they don't describe it as exclusive at all, everyone just assumes that means it's going to come to Xbox, right? But we have like literally no evidence to suggest that it will right now, just like sort of the hope that it will. If I, if like, if I was Sony... And we, we always say this, like, if Sony, if it was exclusive, and I'm pretty sure I've said this before, if it was exclusive, if it was fully console exclusive, Sony would be advertising it as such. But at the same time, could they, they could just benefit from games seemingly ignoring Xbox. Like, even though it is, like, actually fully exclusive, if they just, like, make it seem like devs are ignoring xbox for whatever reason it's it's almost like it's it's almost more powerful in a way Hmm. you see i think um the fact that it says first on playstation implies that it's it's going to come to xbox at some point because there are are examples that you can choose from the jap especially the japanese side on playstation where Sony didn't make a deal for any of these games. You can look at Neo 1 and Neo 2, uh, exclusive to PlayStation. Look, look at the Persona games. Those games don't even come to Switch, where, you know what, if Persona came to Switch, it would sell millions of copies. If it came to Xbox, let's be honest, uh, nobody on Xbox would really buy Persona. It would flop here, confirming Atlas's fears, or, you know, presupp- or whatever word I was about to use. Their suspicions that people don't, you know, buy RPGs on Xbox, right? Mm. Uh, you can go like Near Automata. You can look at all those kind of Japanese style games that are exclusive to PlayStation that PlayStation doesn't pay a dime for, and then you look at Final Fantasy, and clearly there's something in play there. Like there's a contract in play. Sony paid for something because it's like play it first, and it's only on PlayStation, and it's a year later, and then I mean, yeah, I think I think it will come to PlayStation, but. Or Xbox. I mean, I, w- I think it will come to Xbox, but I also like wouldn't be surprised if we just end up waiting and waiting and waiting. See, I or... think I think the fact that it says played first on PlayStation basically confirms it's coming out. It's it's like well, to me it's, to it's me it's like to me Final it's Fantasy like like Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, no, that's a different. It's that's so, that's different. So that's strange different. though, because like they basically said, yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen's coming. 
but it never just never has. That has more to do with the crossplay stuff uh, than anything. I'm just saying. I I think fin- I think the fact that Sony is marketing is play it first implies heavily that it'll be on Xbox a year from now, and it'll also be on PC because they don't really say any of that other stuff or any of their other games that are just exclusive for PlayStation. They want to keep it off of. They're paying to basically keep it off of Xbox, just in the same way where Xbox paid Square Enix to keep Rise of the Tomb Raider off of PlayStation for a year. Yeah. Right? Because they feel, obviously in both cases, they feel, you know what? People are going to buy the hardware to play Rise of the Tomb Raider. Now, did that work out? Was it a bad deal? I mean, only Phil knows, only Square Enix knows. Did Did that deal hurt the growth of the Tomb Raider franchise? I don't know. Same thing with here. Sony obviously made the deal thinking people are going to buy PlayStations to play Final Fantasy VII. Now, does that hurt the brand of Final Fantasy VII? Does does that really make people want to buy the system to play that one single game? I don't know, but it's definitely something very interesting to think about. I think it works. I think for huge games like that, it works. I'm not so sure it works for something like... Something small. The thing is, like, at this point in the gen, I don't know how well it does work because everyone's pretty much bought everything they want to buy. And well, but here's the thing, Jez. And not only that, but everything's sold out. But here's so. the thing. They announced it in 2015. They announced it a year and, what, a half into ah. the generation and then said it was play it first on PlayStation. So anybody that was on the fence and hadn't bought a new system yet and who happened to be a fan of Final Fantasy were like, that is the one I'm going to get. Get even though so I yeah, mean it took another right. five years to come out, but that that's how it was God. played out. I didn't realize it was announced that long ago. Yep, the uh, E the dream uh, what was twenty fifteen they called it the E three of dreams, where Sony announced uh, Shenmue three, which came out and flopped. Uh, the Last <laughs> Guardian, which was like delayed for ten years or however long it was, and Final Fantasy seven remake, the game that everybody had been asking to be re- remaked forever. And yeah, so it took five years for it to come out, but I, I think Sony got everything they, they wanted out from that deal. But so that's the whole, well, put like, it, put it this way. I'd rather have Final Fantasy seven exclusive than rise of the two Raider. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Aaron for the super chat. He says it's going to come to Xbox April 10th, 2021. Uh, yeah, it's got the whole one year exclusivity. It'll definitely be on PC and I'm going to say 99%. It'll be on Xbox. Um, so what else we got here? Oh, yes. I need to kind of address this because my, my good buddy Zalker made a video yesterday <laughs> about this. Jez, did you hear that Xbox is buying and working a deal with uh, Konami to buy everything from them and Ooh, turn Konami gotta... into a uh, basically a, a, an Xbox game studio, uh, Japan? <laughs> I did. I did get a few DMs about this interesting prospect so what, what do you what do you think about xbox and because before it was playstation and konami and that there were two silent hill games in development with hideo kojima directing one and metal gear solid coming back and a new castlevania being made in the vein of a, a dark souls now the rumor is xbox is buying konami um Ugh, no 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 i why why in the why would microsoft ever buy a horror ip when is when has microsoft ever made a triple a horror game well i mean the no remember when the no said microsoft spent four billion dollars to buy silent hills (laughs) uh man 
Mm. I got I got I got to get my my buddy Zalker a little shit here cuz I was watching his video and uh he was like, "Oh, and they and they talk about uh gambling. That's really odd and a very specific thing. Like that doesn't even really make a lot of sense. That's why I might think it's true." And I'm sitting there I'm like, "Zalker doesn't know that Konami makes gambling machines called pachinkos." <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like that whole ru- like the whole rumor spawned from a random pace bin that was dated March first, and the guy was like, "The deal's going down between 10 a.m. and and midnight tonight." Like, how would anybody know that? You know what I mean? Like, that would have to be Phil Spencer level, and he would have to be the one making the pace bin and all this stuff. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe Phil Spencer made the yeah, pace bin. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll eat I'll eat massive crow if this turns out to be true. But if if something happens with Silent Hill. I would say it'll be on the PlayStation side. It definitely, definitely won't be on the Xbox side. This is just kind of me, like, because I get I get messages all all the time about this. Will you make a video about Konami and Xbox? I'm like, I could make a video talking about how stupid it is and how ridiculous <laughs> it is to you know believe random pace spin rumors that have like no basis in reality. But like, do I want to spend the time doing it? I, maybe I, maybe I should. I don't know. Um, so that's that. And shout out to Aaron for another super chat. It says Chester on Twitter posted some undead labs art where well, there you go. Jez, uh, oh, nice. whoever Chester is, uh, I know you like, uh, undead labs and you're a big fan of, uh, state of decay. So check that out. What else we got here? Um, let's talk about delays. What do you think? Delays. Go on, then. <clears throat> delays. Um, Minecraft dungeons delayed. You know what, I need to preface this because last week, we did the show last week, and both Microsoft and Sony, both, both of them, on the same day, last Friday, issued statements talking about the challenges of working remotely and how they are monitoring their first party and, and third party uh, you know, external partners, how there's a lot of challenges, and obviously the safety of their teams are paramount. And then less than a week later, you have Minecraft Dungeons getting delayed from end of April to end of May. You have Wastelands 3, which, Jez, you were really looking forward to, right? You yep. you, you played the the demo or whatever? Yeah, the beta. Um, that got delayed from, what was it, May to August? Something yeah, that was like a big one. Big I guess, like, they've got a lot of content to test out as an RPG. And the one that really broke everybody's hearts, even though it was probably expected at this point, Last of Us Part 2 delayed alongside Iron Man VR for the PlayStation. Oh, I thought you were going to say Battletoads got delayed. Oh, oh, Battletoads is incognito. <laughs> we haven't heard anything about that that game since what? E3 2019? That's true. Or E3 2018? It, what's going I mean, we'll get back to this discussion, but... What's going on with Battletoads? Did they quietly cancel that game? I, I hope so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, that'd be random if they did. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's canceled. I suppose I could ask. I, I'm, I'm, they're probably just adding online co-op. But uh, yeah, so, so all this stuff is delayed. Now, of course, you have to look at the rest of the schedule. Like the rest of the games coming up at the end of the year. Halo Infinite Jazz. Give me, yes. give me a likelihood that we're going to be playing Halo this year. 
Because that, that, I mean, I'm looking at these games and it's like, especially with Matt Booty and like Phil's responses in the interview, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but like, I'm not feeling exactly confident Halo's going to make 2020. Man, <clears throat> I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't have any inside information on this. And Phil did say that Halo Infinite's on track for its launch date. And also, you kind of want Halo Infinite to line up with the launch of your console, right? Mm-hmm. I so I have literally no inside information on this, but I just wanna. I just like. I think it would be an impressive feat if they managed to hit their goals with that, given all the crap that's going on right now. Mm. Don't you think? You think it'd be an impressive feat if they're able to get it get it launched this year? Yeah, considering 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 everything that's going on in the world and the, the whole work from home thing, like Halo, like three four three is not a small team. No, they're not. Know? They're not a small team, and like moving that entire pipeline to online seems like a pretty tall order to me. Now, I want to believe that they'll do it, but right, if I if I was like a big Halo fan, which I ain't, but if I if I was. I would be kind of like setting my expectations for it to be delayed right now, personally. Mm. But it's not just Halo. What about Cyberpunk? What, <clears throat> what about Dying Light 2? What about all the unannounced games that you know, were rumored to launch this holiday? New Batman game, new Assassin's Creed, new Call of Duty. Like, are we looking at a situation where it's going to be slim pickings and everything's kind of just delayed to beginning of next year or, you know, end of next year? I think it's potentially true. And not only that, it might be like better in an economical sense. Like the supply chains for printing discs and stuff is a bit wonky right now. You've got Amazon delaying Prime Day because... It's, you know, Amazon Prime Day is like a huge sales festival for Amazon and a huge driver of their annual growth. The fact that they're moving that because of what's going on kind of says to me that there's a lot of things where it might just make sense to delay it. Even if it doesn't need to be delayed, it might make sense to just delay it anyway. So, I don't know. I want to believe it will come out, especially given... That you want it to line up with the launch of the Xbox Series X to have like a big flagship game, like as is tradition, but I don't know. You see, I think The Last of Us delay is more about uh, the distribution of the game and losing out on physical sales more than it's about the game not being ready. I think the game was going to be able to finish, and I saw Jason Schreer uh, talk about that a little bit. I think the game was going to be finished in time, but I think Sony's looking at it like they don't expect stores to be open by the end of next month. That's why they delayed both Iron Man and The Last of Us Part Two. So they're looking at it and they project it out and they're like, it's not going to get any better in May. And we've mm-hmm. spent too much money and we put too much marketing into Last of Us 2 to release it and potentially get half the sales as we should. Now, people would argue, well, maybe you should just release the whole game digitally because you don't really got to delay a digital digital copy, but not everybody buys digital. And even when you look at like the statistics, I mean, digital in some cases is, is equal to 
physical. Maybe in some spots it's it's higher, some spots it's lower. I guess it depends. But I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like Sony's a business. They invested a ton of money in that game. Um, and I don't think they want a situation that is currently going on right now with Final Fantasy VII, where some countries are already selling it and people are already playing it a week early because of what's going on, and then some people have to sit and wait. I don't think Naughty Dog and Sony want that to happen whatsoever. So yeah. they want it to be like a global simultaneous launch where physical's back, where, where GameStop's open, but all these stores are open, you can walk into, and you can still download it. Because like they also even mentioned how they... They're they uh they throttling the speeds on PlayStation Network. Usually yeah. on place MPSN they they let you download a game two days in advance. They're basically um uh allowing you right now to download a la- uh, Final Fantasy a week a week early. But if millions and millions and millions of people hit PSN to download Last of Us Two, would that crash PSN? I mean, it's how- not about they're they're throttling download speeds because the EU basically asked them to, because it's I- so, PlayStation's so big in Europe that, and nobody has data caps here. That PlayStation's like a huge chunk of network traffic. Right, but I, I so like when so I think this delay was purely an economic one. Not not saying they're they're you know people should hate on them for it. It was just, obviously it's their choice. But I think it's just one where it was like, yeah, we're going to lose a ton of money. Uh, we need to delay this game until some other point in time. But then... The- like, there's, there's no reason to hate on them for it. Because no, of course not. At the end of the day, you, you want them to make money, so they'll invest in making more games, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you got to wonder about Ghosts. Is Ghosts... I don't think they've run the numbers yet and look to see if it'll get better in June. Maybe they're hoping it get better in June, you know, like with the heat maybe killing, uh, you know, the thing. I'm not even going to mention it anymore. But they probably think, well, maybe it'll be back to normal or a semblance of normal by June. And what better way to have this brand new IP? Maybe it gets even more sales than normal. So I would imagine we would hear something by mid-May if they plan on delaying Ghost. But... Honestly, I... Th- it's on the flip side, though. It's kind of like everyone's at home right now. Traffic is up mm-hmm. across the board for gaming because everyone's at home. So, like, this... For digital releases, this could be, like, a boon, right? And Sony be. makes more money on the digital releases than they do on the physical ones. So, Although, let me ask you... So let me ask it depends you, if that stock's you, already printed, I Do guess. you think this will... The, the, the delay will affect Minecraft Dungeons then. Because if you're wor- if people are worried about the physical release of titles because stores aren't open, wouldn't that also affect Minecraft? And wouldn't Minecraft be even like a like a, a better example for it because it's a it'll skew younger and maybe kids want the disc or maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe kids are more adapt to go digital. But then again I guess that game is twenty bucks so it's not that expensive. Um Yeah it's a bit it's a bit bit weird bit of a different one but i don't know so i'm sure they made the right decision anyway they clearly have the data and they know better than us in any case but they did say that the game's delayed indefinitely so there's no even new window to look forward to do you think that's the right case like microsoft delayed both minecraft dungeons and wasteland and gave a new release date right because they don't they don't they've done that because they don't know how this is gonna pan out man 
like nobody really knows how this is going to pan out a lot of the models are, are like aiming towards this hope that the the warmer months will help it to dissipate but there's evidence from the, the southern hemisphere where it is already warmer that it doesn't really help so there's like there's just a lot of unknowns here so delaying it indefinitely is the right choice because it just saves on further disappointment if they have to delay it again. Right, and I agree with them on that. So I'm asking you, why didn't Microsoft delay Minecraft Dungeons and Wasteland 3 indefinitely then? Well, I'm guessing it's just because Minecraft Dungeons is pretty close to being finished. And um, maybe Wasteland 3 is as well. And maybe they're just less concerned with selling so many physical copies because... They're also bringing the game to Steam, and Minecraft Dungeons is launching on everything, and, you know, Wastelands are launching on everything too. So maybe it's a slightly different situation for them than it is for Sony. Because Sony, by their own admission, they say that physical sales are still a big driver of their profits, i.e. why they don't put their games on PlayStation now, right? Mm. It might just be a case of different, different business models or different retail relationships. There's a lot of unknowns and a lot of variables, so, you know... It's hard, to, it's hard to know without just pure speculation, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... I've kind of... Ex- I was expecting this delay. Like, I've been kind of like, man, Last of Us is going to get delayed. All these games are going to get delayed. And I'm starting to think, like, nothing's going to come out this... Like, I know, like, CD Projekt Red has been very forthcoming. Like, we're going to have this game out. I'm not even sure that game's going to make make it. I, I, Do you think the Pokemon DLC will get delayed? Uh, who cares about Pokemon <laughs> DLC? Who cares? It's just, it's just this this year went from like being like, wow, it's gonna be amazing to like, who knows when any of these games are coming out now? Like literally, and I know, and like Phil mentioned in in the interview with Ryan, like a lot of third party partners want to talk about their games that they haven't announced yet because they're presumably they're waiting for Xbox and Sony to do their their reveals and, and, and show those games and everybody's kind of waiting to start the whole marketing drive. But do you want to start a marketing drive? If you can't, if you don't know when you're going to release your game, cause you don't know if the yeah. game's going to be finished and you don't know if people are going to be spending money because you don't know what the economy is going to look like. And you don't know if stores are going to be open. It's, it's definitely like, <laughs> oh, like it's a, it's a messed up situation. It's on unpre- It's unprecedented, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's this is ne- this sort of thing has never really happened to the video game industry before, and it's like it's disruptive in ways that people aren't even realizing right now, probably, and it's probably going to get even worse as we get, you know, down the line. It's mm. uh, weird times, man. Weird times, for, but you know, all those all those massive backlogs we all have, we've we got do. no excuse now. We've got no excuse, Ren. Nope. So get on that backlog, baby. I have a big backlog. I'll get on it. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, Phil Spencer interview with IGN. But before we do, I just want to ask you guys, hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Come on, it's super easy. Just uh, click it. And um, what do you want to delve in first? Because there's a lot of stuff here to talk about. I mean, we can mention that he doesn't really see the system getting delayed. Uh, that they're really they haven't really talked about a plan B. He feels Series X is going to come this holiday. Uh, that uh, it's going to be a worldwide launch. They're not doing tier one and tier two and tier three region launches, which really, really pissed people off with the 360. Like, where do you want to start with this? Because there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about. 
Ah, oh, man. It's up to you. You pick. All right. I'm going to pick one here because I know you wrote an article or somebody at Wendell Central did. He explained why there's no optical out. Yes. And no optical port. What? So what was the what was the reasoning behind that one? Because you use Astros like I do, right? And you were yep. initially pissed off. Well, I wouldn't say pissed off, but but worried that, wow, did my Astros, my $400 headset, 350 headset, now just become an obsolete relic that I can't use on the next-gen system? But he, well, he I, was, I was just more worried for... Because I recommend that. I recommend those headsets a lot, and a lot of people buy them based on Windows Central's recommendations. And it, it kind of sucks if I've recommended these headsets to like hundreds of people, and then they no longer work. Especially after I've been writing for months that all Xbox accessories will work on the Xbox Series X, right? So um, that's the main, my main worry. But um, what they're going to do is they're going to they're gonna update it via firmware to make it enable it to work with USB. And um, there might also be like other things you can do to get it work, working like uh, HDMI ex- uh, audio extractors and, and all sorts of stuff. I'm sure Astro will come up with some stuff to do with that soon but like a lot of these a lot of these accessories have to sort of be recertified and Mm -hmm. tested and stuff and uh some third party some third party like hardware vendors are already gearing up to announce that they're they've tested their accessories and they work or they don't work and, and stuff like that so um we'll see more about that soon i guess but what phil what phil was basically saying was they wanted to shave a little bit off the price which makes sense right um, because these are going to be they're p- pretty beefy systems, and they're probably going to be quite expensive. So we want they wanted to shave as much off the price as they could, and to that end, I guess they identified that not enough people were using the optical port and HDMI in to keep them around, and they basically alluded to that as well so so it was a cost a cost saving measure they they basically said uh they know how many people actually use the optical out and it's not a lot and it takes up space and it costs money and you don't think it's a lot of money it's like a dollar or two but when you're making millions upon millions of systems that becomes basically 100 million to 200 million dollars and that money could be better used someplace else um, so I get that. And obviously they've done stuff like that with the dashboard. Remember when they got rid of uh snap, yeah. it was like, well, yep. pe- I know there are some people who do like snap and there's still a contingent of people I see on social media. Be like, man, I really wish snap was back. Um, and, uh, and they got rid of it because nobody used it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking my buddy gopher is going to be pissed at me because he told me that last of us two was going to get delayed a month ago. So I'm going to have to give him a shout out and be like, you're right, Gopher. You're the Gopher prophet. You called Last of Us 2 getting delayed a month ago. Congratulations. I hope you're still li- listening and not pissed at me. I just realized that because he told me, he's like, you, you better you better man up and, and, and tell everybody that he, he predicted it a month ago. So there you go, Gopher. Hope, you're, hope, hope everything's going well. You, you better be on Xbox tonight. I don't want you. I don't want to have to ask you to play Warzone, and you're sitting there playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, <laughs> a game, a game which, by the way, he had no, he had no intention of playing, none. Even said I was dumb for liking the demo. How could you like that? And you know what he tells what? me? Yeah, he's like, he no. So you know what he tells me? Rand, you were right. This game's amazing. <laughs> 
And I'm like, oh, so mm-hmm. now, so I asked him last night to get on to play Warzone. He's like, I can't. And I'm like, really? You're ditching me for Final Fantasy VII Remake, a game that you had no interest in playing, and now you're playing. <laughs> and I, I get ditched for... <sighs> you're lucky, Gopher. You're, lef- you're, you're lucky I care about you. All right, anyways. Uh, back on to this whole stuff. Um... Yeah, and uh, so the price though—the price of Xbox Series X. Phil mentioned how they had to be have to be agile. They're definitely watching their competition. Uh, they have backing from Microsoft with uh, you know uh, Amy Hood and, and Satya. So to me, that whole conversation they had about price implies to me like whatever Sony's going to price it at, they're going to match. And I think so. In my mind. The scenario is going to play out like this. PlayStation 5 is going to price their system at $499 because if they go any lower, they're going to lose too much money. Xbox Series X costs more than $500. Microsoft is going to match Sony at $499 and actually take a loss to do so. And then what's going to happen is that they were planning on selling Lockhart, which still hasn't been announced yet, but I still believe it's coming. They're going to then mark up Lockhart, which they were originally planning on selling for $299, sell it for $349. That is what I think they're going to do. Whatever Sony is going to do with the PlayStation 5, I believe Xbox is going to price match it. I, I, although, if they do go down to $399, I don't know if Microsoft will, but they would definitely lower the price of Lockhart. But that is the kind of sentiment I got from Phil when he talked about being agile and having all the support from Microsoft on that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Like they wouldn't they wouldn't say that they were going to be agile if that didn't didn't basically indicate that they were going to they would be willing to lower the price to meet whatever Sony's doing. I think like that I think like ultimately Phil Spencer has won the full backing of the senior leadership team and I guess like the way they've done the way he's done it is through the cloud, right? Cuz Satya Nadella was the Azure the lead Azure architect which is now the number one driver of microsoft's growth the reason microsoft became a trillion dollar company and all that sort of stuff so like they they are all in on cloud and they see cloud as the future of you know connectivity the future of basically all computing and um they basically said look if we want to if we want to win in cloud and amazon just announced their cloud platform this week after i said they would and um if they want to win at cloud, they need to have the hardware install base because it's all the same ecosystem, right? It's all the same developer platform. It's all the same sort of uh, hard developer tools and all that sort of stuff. And because the cloud isn't here today, you need that hardware install base at least now to keep growing that. And um, how do you do that? By having an absolutely killer console that kills on power, kills on price, and kills on games. There's no other way of doing it, which is why, like, this is going to be, like, a massive investment for Microsoft, potentially, but it should pay off down the line against Google and Amazon if that if their bets are right, mm-hmm. you know? Like, well, like we, we always say, it, it might not happen, you know? Well, if, I mean, Phil was, very, uh, Phil was very adamant that he thinks they, they have a winning strategy, and that's kind of what I titled my video yesterday. I haven't heard Phil talk in those terms since he took over the job in 2014 after Don Matrick uh, screwed everything up and they made all these horrible, horrible, horrible decisions. You know, he said he wanted to win. He wanted to be number one. 
But I think, obviously, you know, <laughs> Stone Cold Reality hit him in his face. And it was like, yeah, we ain't catching Sony. So they, you basically have to, like, you know, regroup, come up with the plan, execute the plan. They're obviously doing that. But, I mean, he's like, I want to win. I think we're going to win. Uh, but we just need to execute that. And Xbox oh. Series X is one part of that plan. Lockhart will be another part. XCloud is obviously another part. Game Pass plays into that. Because in this uncertain economic times, I'm sure Game Pass is blowing up. You know, like I saw a Z Huge, which I know some people like Z Huge, some people don't. But he had some pretty good arguments on why like video games are like kind of recession-proof. You actually get more money... Uh, more value per dollar spent for video games than you do really any other form of entertainment. And if you go on Amazon right now, like one of the best-selling products in the video game sector is the Xbox All Digital because it's cheap. <laughs> it's 150 bucks. So people want to be entertained when they're inside not being able to do anything. You know, a video game console that you spend 100 bucks, you know, 200 bucks on, 300 bucks, and then it's like, oh man, all these games. Like, these are all really expensive, but hey, there's Game Pass, and you can basically just, here's a dollar, you can try it out, or if you want to sign up for 10 bucks, you got 300 games. You can get as many games as you want, you know? So, I mean, granted, look, and I know some people will say this, and I agree. Obviously, he's going to say he has a winning plan. Because you're not going to come out and say, no, I think we're going to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> No, it'd be like it'd be like, hey, hey, Rand, what do you what do you and uh, Jess think of the podcast? Do you, do do you like it? Nah, man, our podcast sucks. <laughs> well, it's, but it's you like know? it's like you say, right? It's like you say it's it's um he doesn't usually speak in those terms. He's usually quite humble about it and quite cautious to be you know bullish about their their position and their strengths, and especially in in Microsoft's case because they are coming from a position of being on the back foot, you know. And they have been on the back foot for a while. And they're steadily, steadily, steadily getting to a place where they might, you know, who knows, be able to step out of the shadow of PlayStation again, which is effectively what they did with the 360 era. Yeah. But I do think that um, I agree with you that I don't think they, I still don't think they can beat PlayStation 5, even if they nail literally everything. It would take Sony screwing up really badly to actually for them to dissipate their advantage right now. Well, we will talk in a little bit about how maybe they are screwing up because you were embroiled in that little controversy earlier. And uh. Maybe that's a window Microsoft can use, but obviously I don't think it's true, but we'll talk about it. Um, he also talked about how he feels even more confident about what they decided to do with the Xbox Series X after Sony revealed the PlayStation 5. Uh, he felt the public discord was, you know, pretty positive for what they're doing uh he he basically said like he felt he kind of knew he would feel good about it so i make it does make me wonder like how much each other knew about what each other was trying to accomplish like how much did microsoft know about what playstation was trying to do like did they know that sony was going to be trying to do hardware back and pat and they were kind of stuck at 36 cus to 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 Mm. do that while like Microsoft had mastered, you know, back and path through software emulation, which allowed them to have more CUs to maybe have, I, I don't know, like I'm not the tech guy, but like talking to some people, that's kind of one of the things that m- might be holding back the PlayStation is the back and path, and they had to kind of make sure everything on the hardware side fit in with that. But I mean, it definitely seemed like 
<laughs> I mean, and I know I mentioned it, like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what do you expect him to say? That, no, I feel horrible about the Xbox Series X after Mark Cerny showed off the system. I think we're going to get killed by it. Obviously, he's not going to say that, but I definitely felt watching the video, like, he feels extremely pos- like confident in the product that his team built. And I time will tell. Like, obviously, the Digital Foundry video face-offs will go a long way to proving, is the SSD for PlayStation that, like, secret sauce that everybody kind of says it is? Are the variable clock frequencies on the PlayStation 5 helping or hurting? Are the stable clocks doing this stuff? Is Xbox Series X just brute-forcing its way uh, through stuff? Like, certain other people have been saying... Uh, certain other people that are always wrong have been saying on Twitter and, and YouTube. Does Xbox Series X have a bottleneck? All that stuff will be basically, you know, <laughs> the truth will be laid bare for everybody to see, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he feels confident. Like, I can't wait to get the system. And to be quite honest, I don't know how much longer my Xbox One X is going to last. When I was playing Sorry. Doom, when I recorded <laughs> this footage for it, my thing, it sounded worse than any time I've ever played a, a, my PS4 Pro. It it, hmm. it sounds like a jet engine taking off. And sustained, like, time, right? Like, it wasn't just, like, for a few seconds while it loaded. It was, like, the entire time I was playing. Is it warm where you are? Uh, it's starting to get there, yeah. It's starting to get, it's starting to get there. But, I mean, it's been doing this for a couple months now where it's... It's um. It's just it, it's just like people say that the PlayStation Four is runs like a jet engine, but mine's like I've been using my PlayStation a lot recently, and I think it's pretty quiet. I don't think it's very loud either. And the, the PlayStation Four, Maybe it's just I, I'm, I'm worried it's cold or something. Where's the thing? Like I can so when I'm playing Doom, I can hear the console over my Astros, and and sometimes I have my Astros up pretty loud, like I. Obviously, I don't have them all the way loud, but sometimes I can hear the system over the Astros, and it's like, geez, I wonder how much mm-hmm. uh, my consoles got left in it, you know? Um, Rip. And there was a point when I was trying to play, uh, what was it, um, Ori, where I almost like thought I had to go out and buy a brand new system because I I could not, I told you about this, remember? Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and I do because I, I think it's a masterpiece, but I do think it's a shame. It's an honest-to-God shame the way that game came out. Because the games had nothing like... And <laughs> I said in my review that the game had problems. And there was quite a few people who were like, well, the day one patch, the day one patch, you're reviewing a product that nobody's going to play. Those people f- feel like clowns now. Because none of the issues have been fixed. Yep. And I'm still waiting for their patch. And I know there's stuff going on in the world and, st- and, and things like that. But I could not get past the main menu of Ori until I did like a factory reset of my system. I would load up Ori and it would crash immediately upon the first loading screen. And I'm just, I sit there and I'm like, this game is so good. And and despite all the issues it has, it has a 90 on Metacritic, but imagine if it actually released flawlessly or as close to flawless as it could. That game is easily a, a 93 or above. Yeah. 
and it's a shame it came out in that that issue. So maybe it's just maybe my Xbox just has problems, and it's about to die regardless. But I, I, I hope Series X comes out this fall because I don't want to have to go buy another Xbox One X. You know, it's a Project Scorpio edition. I know those seem to die a lot. I, I just, I, I need the system to come out so I can buy the Series X and start playing on that. But I got to give a shout out to Sean for the super chat. He says Phil Spencer Loki swanged his dangling. <laughs> okay, and um, we got we got another uh, one from uh, Clack Joke. I think Microsoft knew about some of what Sony is doing. They do a full specs reveal the day before, and they talked about fixed clock speeds. Well, I mean, I think I, I think for sure at some point Microsoft knew they had the more powerful system. Clearly, I mean, you don't mm-hmm. do a full spec reveal with Digital Foundry and Austin Evans two days before Sony does their kind of thing, unless you know that yeah we got the better system so uh yeah anyways uh let's see here what else we got what else did phil talk about he's talked about scale bound he did again yeah because because ryan asked him about scale bound he basically asked him if it was ever coming back and the real reason why it was canceled now phil didn't say the real reason why it was canceled but he basically (laughs) said no scale bound is dead and buried it's never coming back it's not being worked on at all so i know a lot of people you know they they're always rumors surrounding Scalebound. that's not happening um so the hardware stuff always you know it, it's good but i don't know about you but i'm a little getting a little tired of the hardware talk i want to talk about the games yeah right i'm bored of hardware now so at least we're not talking about tv features like 2013 oh my god tv features and oh we can scrape skype grandma although maybe <laughs> you know, speaking of Skype, do you see do you see how much Zoom is destroying Skype right now, and how much Microsoft is missing out on the on that fact with everybody oh, using yes. Zoom? Oh yes, I, I saw Microsoft today. Microsoft today, only today, started advertising the fact that it it can do all the things Zoom does. Like you can have you can have a meeting without having an account and all that sort of stuff. All the reasons people like using Zoom. Um, they only just started marketing that fact. It's it's really. It, it's hilarious how like how bad they are at marketing. I think like the the thing about Microsoft is they're so big and they're so sprawling and the senior leadership team is like relatively small. I guess in that like a lot of the issues with their smaller products or you know comparatively smaller products, they just never reach the top and there's just no one doing anything about it. So it's like Skype has become this sort of so at one point everyone I know was using Skype. And then over the years, you know, people started using Discord. People started using, you know, WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. And you know, everyone used to use Ever Messenger. Mm-hmm. Microsoft used to be the king of messaging, and they've just let it all go away. And yeah. now, now some random company called Zoom's kicking their ass. I know, right? Time, even and this is despite the fact that Zoom is insecure as hell, and it's it's just funny to me how. And and the whole thing with Zoom in an Xbox context should should always say to you that no matter no matter how big Microsoft is, no matter how much money they've got, and no, no matter how much they can afford to buy in expertise, they still regret screwing up. Mm-hmm. So you know you always have to wait for the proof to be in the pudding. You know. 
So the games thing is, as he mentioned quite a bit, uh, talked about the initiatives game, how he can't wait to show it off. Um, I think it's perfect dark and, and Ryan kind of mentioned perfect dark. Uh, he mentioned that, you know, Phil talked about how, you know, there's a segment of the community that wants, you know, coalition to work on gears, but the segment of the community that wants them to, uh, you know, make a new IP and how do you kind of, uh, balance those like new IPs versus like, uh, existing IPs like perfect dark and stuff like that. Uh, he mm-hmm. said that him and Aaron and, and Matt Booty were joking around because they have so many new games to show that they can't think of an event coming up for the foreseeable future where they won't be, re- you know, uh, revealing a new game, which is music to my ears because that's all I've ever wanted from Xbox. It's like, listen, build out your first party, get some quality studios, and start making some really good games. Relying on third party to make your stuff. Worked in the 360 era because Sony screwed up so badly with their console and overpriced it, and everything was defaulted to you. But eventually, when Sony came back, invested in their first party, and Naughty Dog started getting good, and Gorilla, and Sucker Punch, and Santa Monica. But dude, 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 dude. What if it's all just cartoony games? <laughs> what if they're all side-scrollers and cartoony, man? What if they're all cel-shady graphics and... Multiplayer games. What if, man? They won't be. No? No. No? Well, if what they were it... like pachinko games. Oh, you mean like Konami? Konami's influence. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the whole, that whole thing. Like, no. I mean, obviously, uh, I joke around with Cold Eastwood all the time. And I said, Cole, what would you do if Initiative Game was revealed? And they're like, you asked for it, and we're bringing, we're bringing the bird and bear back. Banjo remastered by the Initiative. <laughs> and Colt, Colt would be like, I'd kill myself. I would, uh, I'd die. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that'd be pretty, yeah, if the Initiative's first game was a, a Banjo remake, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like, you know what? Uh, it's time to delete Twitter and it's time to delete my YouTube channel because I, I don't know, like, I don't know what um, I, I, you know, how I'd do that. But do like, you remember the, the Initiative's Java, Java advertisements? And they were all oh like, my we're God. looking quadruple A, quadruple A games. And then it's like Banjo. Well, do you, Banjo, Banjo multiplayer with microtransactions. Well, did you see earlier earlier this week when people were sharing one of the concept, the art, art one of the art like concept designers who, who did like, uh, and it was like a whole bunch of like, I wouldn't, kind of more like Pixar-ish looking animals. And yeah, a lot of like. Tim Burton crossed yeah. with Pixar, right? And a lot of people were like, this is the type of bangers you, you like the initiative's gonna make for Xbox, you know, like the, the usual roundup of of trolls. And of mm. course they didn't even look deep enough into it to know that it was a movie the guy had made and that he has other concept art that is definitely more in line with like a third person uh, you know, action adventure game like Uncharted. Like so many yeah. people take L's on that stuff. Like I so you know someone sent me yesterday a video someone made like of calling me a clown because of the Horizon Zero Dawn rumors, like oh look Randall Thor the insider of the insiders of the Xbox community saying that Horizon's coming to PC. He's like what a clown, <laughs> and someone sent that to me and was like this aged really well, huh? And I just I just <laughs> had a laugh. I'm like these people don't even no. know they're always wrong when they open their mouths. L's just come out. They're always wrong about 
everything. <laughs> uh, but um, the whole games thing is is like you can you look at the studios. It's like man, what's the initiative working on? I know Obsidian's. Yeah, they're working on Grounded, and people always use that. The thumbs up picture. Hey, thumbs up. Oh, you're excited? You're excited for Xbox games? Well, here's a, here's a picture of, of Grounded, or here's a picture of Battletoads, or whatever they always use, right? But I know Obsidian's making a AAA RPG. Like, that. that's their big game, and then they'll eventually work in Outer Worlds. And, oh, you know, people were really excited when Microsoft bought Hell, you know, Ninja Theory. And they want them to continue Hellblade. And those same people are like, Hellblade always sucked. Just shut the fuck up. You always sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Rand Al Rant. Now I'm getting, now I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a little angry about that stuff. So, <laughs> uh, anything from the games uh, segment, anything that you're looking forward to, uh, games wise from the new studios, like that you're particularly interested in seeing, uh, maybe like a franchise flourish, like how what they're going to do with State of Decay 3 versus 2 or how the new Forzas just, work out and stuff like that. Like, what do Of you course, think? I want to see I want to see State of Decay 3 get to that sort of next-gen level with, you know, really good, you know, detailed animations and sort of like, I don't know, a sandbox that sort of lives up to their ambitions rather than this sort of buggy, janky sort of... I don't want to call it a mess, but, you know, it is in that sort of territory. It's so funny when I go to the State of the K subreddit. And that pa- that community is really passionate. Like, every now and then people post a screenshot and they're like, I've got 1,500 hours played in State of the K. What's wrong with me? You know, for some, for, for some people, there's just something about that gameplay loop that's really satisfying. Um, but the other side of that community is posting glitches. Like mobs just appearing out of the sky, car the car the car physics in that game is so crazy. Sometimes, like you could be driving along a road and your your vehicle can hit a hit a pebble at the wrong angle and you'll just shoot up into the sky. It's crazy, man. So like, I want to see that kind of polish that is more befitting of like the platform holder, you know. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I really want to see, um. Yeah, Worlds becomes sort of... Because the, the the first game was great. But, like, again, it was sort of like... I don't want to say limited in scope, but it didn't really have the full depth I was kind of hoping for from the creators of um, New Vegas, you know? I'd love to see that, that franchise flourish into something really impressive. And uh, just RPGs, man. Like... There just ain't that many RPGs that are sort of like on the scale and the majesty of stuff like CD Projekt Red can do. I want to see games on that level, ultimately. You know, games that like you can just marvel at and you come away at the end of the game, you're just like, that was a great experience and I'll remember that for years to come. Not these sort of like forgettable experiences, you know? Yeah, and shout out to Gunstar. He says, don't underestimate compulsions game. compulsion games. I mean, that's the studio that basically has the most question marks for me. But the one I'm most excited to see is obviously when they, the initiatives game. Because, like, I think we can, we know what to expect from 343. Like, even though, like, yes, I really want to see what Halo Infinite is going to look like and play like, we have a good idea. You know, we've seen two of games from them. And while I am in the camp that I believe Coalition should work on something new and shelve gears, um, 
I would be much more interested in seeing what the initiative's doing, considering this is the studio that you built from the ground up, from scratch. You know, you there was big to-dos about, hey, we got developers from Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica and Rockstar North, all these people coming in here to make this huge game. You marketed as a quadruple-A studio. I'm really interested in seeing not only what game they're making, but what genre the game's in and what it's going to look mm-hmm. like and what it's going to play like. Is Microsoft going... Is it, Can we look at Daryl Gallagher and be like, okay, we know what you've done in the past... Like, so are we looking at a third-person Uncharted-like Tomb Raider experience? Is it going to have multiplayer? Is it something completely different? You know? Like, so that's the stuff that I'm interested in. Because we Obsidian, like, hey, we, we've seen the Outer Worlds, right? It's great. Like, you know what you're going to get from Obsidian. So, like, whatever their RPG is that they're working on now, you know, after Grounded, you kind of maybe get a sense of what it could potentially be. A lot of these studios do. Like, Compulsion, maybe there is some truth to that, like... Well, they've only really made two games. One of them was a really small indie game in contrast, and We Happy Few was like an amalgamation of ideas that didn't come together whatsoever. Mm, but yeah. maybe given time and the budget to do whatever, that can flourish. Like I have the utmost faith in Ninja Theory, even though Bleeding Edge is not something that I'm interested in whatsoever. Like I have no doubt that Hellblade 2 is going to be a better game than Hellblade. Um, and then, of course, there's there's like Xbox Global Publishing because they mentioned this in the interview as well that, hey, we have multiple exclusives coming from that studio who work with other studios outside the first party network. So you think of Moon Studios, you think of Dot Nod, uh, Crytek, uh, even like Insomniac, all those were done through Xbox Game Publishing, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jez, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. they, Phil said there's multiple ones from there like so who are they working with in the future are they working with Ready at Dawn are they working with Moon again because you know Ryan asked him specifically about Moon and if you know they were going to work together and Ryan directly said hey are you going to buy Moon Um, so like when you take all the games being made by first party and all the games that are going to be funded by xbox global publishing there's gonna be a ton of stuff to play will everything be something i want to see play like you're gonna interest me probably not you know i'm i'm sure just like there is now like i look at what released recently you got ori you got bleeding edge you have wasteland 3 you have gears tactics the flight sim i mean i'm interested in obviously ori uh, I, you know, I would play, I'm going to play Minecraft Dungeons. I'm not like super interested in Minecraft Dungeons, but I think it'd be something cool. I don't really have any interest in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Gears Tactics? I'd play it if it came to Xbox day one, but it's not. So I, I kind of expect it where it's like, just like even with, with a lot of Sony games, like there's just some that just don't appeal to you, you know? And <laughs> I mean... Kratopsy said all cartoon games. Yeah, not all of them. I, I don't think I don't think Gears Tactics looks cartoony whatsoever. But it, but Gears Tactics is a game that you want a lot, Jez. The one that yeah, you I'm super excited for that. Yeah, and I I do wonder how people are going to feel if Gears Tactics comes out and it reviews really well and is a great game and people on Xbox can't play it. <laughs> That's yeah. The- honest, honestly, I'm I'm expecting it to review like really well for a Gears game. 
Like maybe maybe better than Could it get better I, than I Gears know. Four or Gears Five? Could it get better than Gears Five? I don't know. Definitely. If like if it's reviewed in context of what it is, that it's like a strategy game and people don't people aren't like, Oh, there's not enough, you know, third person shooting in this. Because it's all it's always weird when a game div- diverges from its regular genre, right? Yeah, but um, I think like if people review it in context and it, and it's as good as it seems from the previews I've done, then I think it could be it could end up reviewing pretty well, like like XCOM does review pretty well. Yeah, Michael Smith. So, go ahead, go ahead. I just I was just gonna say we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Michael Smith says, "Hey, what about an outside exclusive IP a la Spider Man?" I mean, yeah, you never know uh, who they're teaming up with for stuff. All these things will eventually be revealed in events coming up to the launch of the console. Uh, the digital event, which... Like, when are we thinking the digital event is, Jazz? Like, right around the same time they would be doing E3, essentially? Like, that Sunday, they have a digital event? Do you think they do more than one type of thing? Like, does Halo have its own event? Did, you know, like, do you have an event just for first party? Like, I, I'm super curious how they put together this digital event, even though there is a blueprint for it already that exists, and it's the, um, you know, it's the Nintendo stuff, you know? I don't know, man. I think they might try and keep it tr- as traditional as possible, with, a, like, a big 90-minute sort of thing, and then maybe do, like, a daily show with little bits afterwards, maybe with Major Nelson wearing a hazmat suit or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I think they'll I think they'll have a traditional press conference. Like um in front of a camera, I would think. Mm-hmm. At least like with a couple of people in the studio, maybe after they've like I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? Because like it might get it might get bad enough to the point where like everyone has to stay indoors all the time. Cause like it's it's expected to peak in about a month towards the end of April. So like if we're talking about June hopefully things have gotten a bit better by then and that can start exploring like actually doing in-person stuff again i don't know but i don't know it could go either way they could do it like completely off camera like nintendo does i wouldn't be opposed to that but i also think like i don't know i kind of want to see ac bongos i kind of want to see what t-shirt phil wears no you see here's the thing my one thing is they they better not make it an inside Xbox. I don't want to see <laughs> Major Nelson. I don't as much as like Graham Boyd's a great dude. I don't want to see Graham Boyd. I don't want to wow, see Rakari. I don't want no. Oh, it, like it's not what about an ins- Phil's T-shirt. It's well, Phil can Phil can be on it. Like I think Phil should host you just it. Just want to see Phil. No, you I'm saying Phil, Phil could obviously Phil should be a part of it. But I think you want to get away from the inside Xbox as much as possible. And like, I don't, I don't know. I think inside Xbox just needs to be reformatted a bit. I don't think they need the like the the studio audience there and the the forced applauds and stuff. That's very nineties, isn't it? Mm. I think they could. I think they could do something like that. I just don't think they need to make it so plastic. Because they're they're all good at what they do. They're great at presenting. There's something about the the format that just feels a bit nineties to me. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I do like Nintendo. I do like Nintendo's direct. You know. Well, I know you do. You love everything Nintendo. I'm surprised you even like Xbox. (laughs) I would have taken you as a Nintendo. Well, did you see the article I wrote today? I got some some people were upset about that. Which article? Which was it? The article that I've 
here in the notes or a different article? Well, I wrote an article that said that, because um, Phil said that he didn't want people to think they were going to support Switch a lot. Yes, yes. And I said that, why not? What's wrong with that? Some people didn't like that, which I mean, is fine. I, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I think you support your own ecosystem. So, I, I, like, I don't think putting, putting all your games on Switch is a good idea. Personally. Well, that's, I didn't argue for that. I specifically argued for games that made sense. Yeah. So, like, either games that aren't selling anymore, like Killer Instinct, either games that need more players, like Bleeding Edge, games that are side-scrollers or just sort of, like, little experiences, like Battletoads, you know, I think those games make sense to be launched on multiple platforms. But it's like, but it's like you said in the interview, is like, like... Basically, too many people, like, you don't know what game is going to go, and it's always like, oh, is this game going? Is this game going? And it's it's too easy to... That, to, to that, they've kind of opened that Pandora's box by sure, putting Ori they, they did. And, and putting games on Steam. They Well, yeah. I don't... See, the PC... See, the PC thing, I don't... It, it, to me, not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, you got your own store and you use Game Pass to get people in, which is helping them actually get content for their own store. Uh, Steam, which they're bringing Sea of Thieves to soon. It's like, yeah, a lot of the PC... Gu- everything to Steam. I know, but a lot of the PC guys are never going to use Windows 10. So if you do want to crack that market, unfortunately, you got to use Steam. So the, P- the PC is the PC. It's like, so I-, I don't really see an issue of doing both, but... But that's the thing, though, like... There's a mar- there's a market that of people that won't ever buy an Xbox, and those right. are like probably little little kids. But here's the thing: they'll, they'll just stick with their Switch. I don't know, and cause... like that's what that's why you're putting Minecraft Dungeons on the Switch, is because you know there's no other way you're gonna get them away from like the, the games they're playing on Switch. Yeah, but there's also PlayStation gamers who would never buy an Xbox. So if you're trying to to somehow say, well, the games would sell good on on the Switch, so we should do it there if that makes sense. I can make the same exact argument of why you should do that and put the games on PlayStation then. I think it's a bit different with PlayStation because PlayStation takes up real estate underneath your TV. It's like, it's a bit of a different sort of scenario. And like in the article, I talk about how like, well, you could compare, if you're using that argument, you could compare xCloud to Nintendo Switch. But the thing about xCloud is it's not ergonomic. I still have to sacrifice my phone to use it. Which ain't a great experience. Like, I don't have a dedicated device from xCloud. But I do have a dedicated handheld in the Switch. So, you know. I mean, I, Switch, I, get, I get... The Switch feels like a more of a companion console than the PlayStation does. I get what you're saying. They brought it upon themselves by releasing Ori on there and by releasing Cuphead on there, right? I get that. But I think it's led to too many, like, oh, is Halo going to be on there? Is Forza? All, all these games. And I don't think... I think Microsoft wants to basically tell everybody, listen, our games are going to be on our consoles and they're going to be on the PC and they're going to be on you know mobile devices through xCloud. Don't expect uh, them on Switch unless like I unless you know somehow they're able to get xCloud on the Switch and you can just play all the Xbox games through xCloud on the Switch. Then you could be mm-hmm. like, that makes sense and you wouldn't have to really ask that question anymore. But... Something tells me I don't know, like I, I know Phil said like their relationship with Nintendo is strong. I think something something tells me just the way he kind of talked about that. I think maybe negotiations didn't go in a way they wanted because it always 
because to me it was like I always thought like, well, what is Nintendo really getting out of getting getting out of all this? Like Microsoft is selling more copies of their franchises. Sure, Nintendo's getting a cut of that, but like, does Nintendo want Xbox games on their own platform? I you know do like, I don't know if they really do. And maybe the the change in leadership. I mean, I, I guess like Doug Bowser versus Reggie, but then like how much power did they actually have? Uh, maybe they just thought it wasn't a good idea. I, I have no clue. But I mean, Phil. I mean, Phil basically because you wrote your article was about why more games should come to the Switch. So clearly, Phil's basically saying like, don't expect all that much, right? Yeah. So. All right, so that's all the uh, Xbox stuff. Uh, PS5 is blowing up. It has all these heating issues. Uh, it's probably going to get delayed to 2021. Uh, that's <laughs> that, that, that's the uh, X- PS5 is having issues rumor, all based on a YouTube comment from some dude who says he's in the industry and he was talking to developers. You got basically <laughs> wrapped up in all this. Uh so yeah, what's kind go- of. what's going on here, Jazz? What what's go- you you believe PlayStation Five has the, these issues, these problems? No, nope. uh, no, I you don't. don't. Okay, and I never said that. Um, what happened was, uh, Dan, my boss, tweeted out that comment and said that he'd heard similar. Um, because we've heard similar, but that's just it. Similar. And I think what what went wrong was that we were we didn't specify that it was to do with the heating. Now I've heard from industry sources that have been persistently good at providing accurate information, which I've reported and has turned out to be accurate information multiple times. My track record speaks for itself. I've heard that there are concerns, secondhand concerns about the cooling scenario for the PlayStation 5. That doesn't mean it is overheating. That doesn't mean there are cooling problems. All it means is that there are some concerns and from people who are technically minded that there could be heating issues if it's not adequate, adequately cooled. And I think like all the other stuff about it being delayed and stuff like that, I haven't heard a shred of evidence to suggest that that's true. So I think like the issue comes from not specifying which part of the comment was being referred to. And now you've got like loads of clickbait sites saying, oh, they said that it's true and stuff like that. And uh, man, it's a bit of a misunderstanding, really. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of feeds in with usually with the the if you look at at look back at this, this generation uh there's a lot of fud leading up to the launch right and let me yeah. just read the super chat first we got one from zan zankazo no problem putting some xbox games on switch if nintendo shared some games with xbox um a lot of people actually do agree with you on there like they'd be fine if if mario came but a lot of a lot of like I guess you would say loyalists on both sides. Like you have Xbox loyalists. They'll be like, they'll take any shot they can at, at PlayStation and be like, mm-hmm. uh, this is what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. Same thing with PlayStation. But there were a lot of rumors before Xbox w- was revealed that it was, you know, obviously, uh, not as powerful as the PlayStation. Some of that turned out to be true, but some of them didn't. And obviously some of that same stuff happened 
and is happening right now with the system because Sony hasn't shown what the system looks like. So in comparison to what Microsoft has done, where they've shown you the box, they've shown you demos of loading and quick resume, they, you've actually seen the internals and how it all fits together. And then when I you think com- that's where like potential because these are these are secondhand rumors as well, right? Um, these are like. I think what is potentially happening is that because they haven't shown off the system, it's made some people concerned about it. And also there's, there was something that I can't remember exactly, but it was something to do with like um, what developers were told to target last year and what they're being told to target this year. And it's like, it's changed or something. And, and some developers were kind of, kind of like, I mean, it, this is part of an older conversation, but it was something to do with like, if if the PlayStation 5 has the same chassis that it did last year with this year's specs, then then it could potentially create heating problems. But, you know, they, it's just conjecture. And I think, like, um, I think where Dan made the mistake of saying that whole comment was, was, was what was being talked about, but it wasn't. Mm. But then you can't ever take anything back on Twitter. Once it's tweeted... That's tweeted, you know, and Dan, Dan doesn't, Dan isn't involved in the gaming community. So I think he didn't realize how, how much of a like big issue is going to be because well, he doesn't, he's, he also, he's like, he's also somebody that is a verified check mark on Twitter. And we recently well, had uh, a bunch of people try to be fake insiders regarding the PlayStation five specs. I mean, anybody that had any sort of like, hey, you you know something on NeoGaf? The Tommy Fishers, the Osiris Blacks, the Klee game fans on Reset Air, all these people looking for their 15 minutes of fame, and all these, you know, the rumors about, like, because obviously there's a segment of the PlayStation fans that don't want the weaker system, right? And we're pushing against the fact that Xbox was going to be more powerful. So they would cling to these ridiculous rumors of 13 teraflops and all the stupid nonsense that most people knew were false because they didn't want... Because they were the ones who made fun of Xbox being weaker this whole generation up until the Xbox One X, right? Yeah. So you, so when you have all these people basically clinging to the words of supposed insiders and clinging to the words of Digital Foundry, and then here you have a YouTube comment that blows up, and then you have someone like Daniel Rubino of Windows Central verified saying that, hey, I've, I've heard some stuff behind the scenes... And blah, 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 blah. It gives a little bit more weight. So I'm not surprised people are, are running with it because people ran, you, people ran and made articles out of everything all these fake bullshit insiders said yeah. for the last six months. That like white check mark is like almost like a curse. <laughs> but, yeah. in some ways. but it's like if, if I, I've tweeted stuff like that before about like there being, um, you know questions over what this thing's going to look like is it going to be adequately cooled and stuff like that because you could see from the design of the xbox series x that they've had to rethink the form factor of what a console is to accommodate the hardware that's going into these things and these are both going to be intensely powerful systems you Mm -hmm. know so um they need to have adequate cooling and like just for reference i've heard that the xbox series x runs quite hot like mm-hmm. like the the ventilation at the top if you put your hand there it's like it's it's enough heat to like warm up a room you know it's well, like it doesn't it doesn't run like it's going to burn your hand but it's it's not it's not cool it runs like the Xbox Series X if you put your hand 
Xbox One X, if you put your hand near the vents of the Xbox One X, that runs quite warm too. Yeah, and um, I, I think some of it has to do with how the 360, like that ran hot and that actually red ringed so much so that, you know, Microsoft had to take out a billion, billion five to actually fix that stuff, right? And then, Mike, yeah. and then Xbox over-engineered the Xbox One. And I think primarily it's because there's not been a lot of PlayStation 5 news and people are really thirsty for it. That Mark Cerny interview didn't do much for anybody and people are and i can see this on youtube people are frantically searching for playstation 5 so any sort of playstation 5 rumor pops up websites and you've explained this on the podcast before they need to cover it because it gets clicks and what's better clicks and you know i I saw a jim sterling video recently about like negativity people really kind of gravitate towards negativity like the like playstation 5 having issues that's a clickable thing because if you're really interested in it, you're going to be like, it's got issues. Holy shit. Like what? And you're going to click on that and you're going to read it and you're going to be like, so you're going to fall in line of, you know, saying like, haha, PlayStation or, or you're a PlayStation guy. And you're like, that's not true. So it creates like the discourse. It creates conversation on social media and it keeps on driving that. Right. Well, I'm trying to think like our, one of our top posts for, March was something like that. It was like commenting on some dumb rumor and like, I didn't want to cover it, but it was like, we're part of a much bigger company and we can see what's getting traffic. And when like, when a higher up in your company says, look at the traffic on this, that's doing really well on PC gamer or games radar or something. And, um, why aren't you guys covering it? Cause it's getting big news. It's kind of like, you can't say no to covering it. And it's because people people read that stuff and you have to go where the readers are. And like it's funny because a lot of people bash the media and it's kind of like the media's like say that the media influences people, but it works both ways. The media only writes I mean at large, and this is a gross generalization, but the media only writes what people will read at the end of the day. So if everyone stopped reading these kind of rumors, they'd vanish overnight. But the fact that people want any scrap of information they can get to use in their console war or, you know, to affirm their purchase bias or whatever, any of that sort of stuff, it ends up getting written by someone. And if you're not writing it, if you're not writing about it either, you're, you know, not competing properly, apparently. Well, yeah, so Emmanuel so. says there's RAND damage controlling for PlayStation. <laughs> Why? Because I, <laughs> cause I don't believe some random dude in a YouTube comment knows the ins and outs of everything that's going on at PlayStation. And look... I have contacts of my own. Uh, I think I've proven that over like how often I'm right about things happening. I asked because I know a couple people who are who know people working on PlayStation Five games, and I deliberately asked them, "Hey, what do you think about this? Have you heard anything about this?" And they told me, "Haven't heard a thing about it. Everything I've heard is that the PlayStation Five is a well put together machine. It's very powerful." No issues. But that's what they're being told. So, like I said, I just don't believe everything I read on the internet. Do I think it's going to run hot? Yeah, probably. They're overclocking the shit out of that, right? And we don't, and I would assume it's probably going to be a small design because that's how they're going to, they want to, you know, the Japanese aren't going to really buy a huge, um, you know, system. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it runs hot. I mean, even my Xbox One X runs hot, right? So, I'm just, I just, I look at that comment, I'm like, Maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe he does know some people, but it's like, it's a YouTube comment. 
And I think the only reason people are really paying attention to it is because Daniel Rubino uh, inserted himself into the conversation. And like I mentioned, people gravitate towards, I don't know, like... Uh, and he, he only did it because because of what I've... We've talked about rumors that I've gotten. So, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was just a misunderstanding, basically. I didn't explain myself properly to Dan. And then Dan didn't explain himself properly either. And then, you know... It got it got blown out of proportion, and then these websites like comicbook.com ran with it as the big rumor of the day. Well, because it generates just, clicks, and it's PlayStation exactly. Five, so it's like, of course, it's going to get reported on. It doesn't really matter if the source is legit or not. I think we've come to see that happen with how uh, the PlayStation Five rumors went every well, look, single that, time. Our, that was our biggest. That was our biggest article in in February was. GameStop confirms PS5 specs are the same as the Xbox Series X rumor. Yeah. Do you remember that one? I remember. That was our that was our biggest article from from February because it was just and even though even though I told the news team this isn't true and we wrote in the body that this probably isn't true. People still wanted to read it because it was just scraps of information. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. I I think people are just they want to know more about the PlayStation 5. They haven't shown off the design. Nobody's really talking about it. So somebody who might, you know, who writes along stuff on YouTube, who seems like he knows what he's talking about, is going to get picked up. I think this would be Dan, a different... Dan takes an active interest in this stuff because Dan's job is to review laptop hardware. You know, he's literally... He, Dan's a guy who's got a thermal imaging camera and he literally, for his job looks analyzes the heat generated by products that's literally his job yeah you know if you go and go and read his laptop reviews they're super in-depth they have heat they have like the heat generated thermal imaging and stuff like that so he takes an active interest in like how hardware is put together you know and that's sort of where dan's come that that that's the angle of interest that dan is coming at this from he didn't he's not that familiar with the gaming community or how these things catch fire you know so that took him by surprise and then like he got all the trolls but like Dan's not the kind of person you control because he just doesn't care. Let me. You guys remember this? I don't. Know, some of you might. Some of you might not. You remember when the PS4 came out and there was people claiming that it overheated because some dude took a lighter to the side of his PS4 Pro and melt, melted it. Do you remember this? <laughs> no. Do you, you don't remember this whatsoever? I. I know there's got to be someone in the chat. The, make make it, you know, Someone. Hang on. Someone. Yes, Burn, 20, in, 2016, in 2016, uh, right when the PS4 Pro came out. I know somebody's <laughs> got to remember this. I know somebody does. Uh, there were certain it. people in this very community that were trying to push an agenda that the PlayStation 4 oh, yeah. Pro was overheating. And there was pictures circulating up of Pro with a melted, like, right-hand side. See, see, right? Rand, 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 I found the article. It's from 2016. And it's really funny because the article I found is from a website that also ran an article saying, I said the PS5 Pro overheats, which is not what I, PS5 overheats, which is not what I said at all. But this is the same website that posted that article of the melted PlayStation uh, PS4 Pro. Exactly. So I'm saying, like, people took that as news and as proof that the PS4 Pro was overheating when it was just basically, 
Well, obviously, you, I mean, it was just one person doing that, and then and a couple other people who obviously had an agenda against PlayStation, who now have an agenda against Xbox, uh, to push that. You know what I mean? So, uh, it was bullshit. Then <sighs> looking at this thing, I look. My whole thing with with this whole PS Five is having issues. Maybe it is, but I just I just don't believe place like PlayStation would have fucked up that bad because like that is like if you would say what is a xbox like super fanboy toxic uh wet dream is that playstation screwed up everything and their console is overheating and they they were like shocked that xbox had them beaten all this stuff and so much so they're thinking about delaying it because the console just can't keep up to me that's what it read like someone's like ultimate wet dream fantasy of how Xbox can retake the lead because PlayStation underestimated uh, underestimated them and put out a shitty console. That yep. that's what it like looked like to that's what it like felt like to me. But, you know, it, it's any sort of rumor now is going to get I mean, how people were fucking talking about Konami's like shit getting bought by Xbox for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's I, a lot of there's a lot of bored people online right now. I bet reset areas traffic is royal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so what else we got here? We got a question from Face. Shout out to him. And uh, he did come through. He sent me the $60 PSN card for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I thank him for that. And anybody who was DMing him, giving him troubles. I always knew Face. Face is good for that. It was it was a friendly bet. And I think he knew. I knew. Like, I told Like, he was like, you want to bet? And I told him straight up. I'm like, I know this is happening. I, I, don't bet me. You're going to lose. But he was pretty confident it wasn't going to happen, even though I, I had inside information that it was. But So Faze says, hey, PS5 and Series X were run games at native 4K60, so my question to you guys is how will casuals differentiate between the two consoles? Uh, it's a pretty good question. I think Xbox, I think a lot of it has to do with their library, back compat. Uh, we don't really know the extent of what PlayStation's back and pat library, how extensive it will be at launch. We kind of do know what Xbox's will be, so that'll be one. Obviously, the games, exclusive games for each platform, what Xbox is doing with their studios, what PlayStation is doing with studios, uh, marketing on TV, who's going to have the better marketing campaign, uh, that's going to be a factor, uh, the price, and I think, like, realistically, I expect ray tracing to be a, a more, a, like, a bigger thing on Xbox than on PlayStation, um, and you got anything more to add on that, uh, Jez? Sorry, what was the question? What's going to differentiate PS5 and Series X that they basically run the games both at 4K60 to you know the average consumer? I think like Microsoft might be able to boast, like you said, higher fidelity ray tracing, maybe more more reflections, more shadows, more ground clutter, more ground clutter with shadows. It's sort of those extraneous ultra settings things on PC that you generally probably turn off in a multiplayer game so you can have smoother frame rates and stuff i mean that's 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 kind of the kicker right like how are multi-platform games really going to show differentiation here and um you know we'll see in games like hellblade probably pushing the system and we'll see like in other games pushing the system to its maximum conclusion but will third party games do it or will it all sort of look very similar it's hard to tell you know yeah. it's hard it's hard to imagine it's kind of like 
I remember when I played Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, and I remember thinking at the time, these graphics aren't that much better than Grand Theft Auto on the or Halo 4 on the Xbox 360. I remember thinking that. But then, like, if you compare, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, especially if you play on an Xbox One from 2013, the difference is pretty big. But when you're moving up, it's sort of more subtle, kind of. It's kind of like if you go back from 4K back to 1080p after being used to 4K for so long, it, it just looks awful. So, um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's going to be stuff that's probably easier to see in a video than just simple 4K. Because, like, you've seen most, most, most companies are using Minecraft to dem- demonstrate ray tracing. Yeah, right I know. Because yeah. it's, very, it's very obvious the difference ray tracing can make to a game like Minecraft. So... I uh, I think ray tracing is going to be a big one. Yeah, I see. Uh, IGN just announced a summer of gaming event coming in June. You see this, Jazz? Mm-mm. So IGN is proud to announce our new summer of gaming event, a global digital event set to take place this June to bring you the latest news and impressions around upcoming games and next generation of console hardware. Announced partners IGN will be collaborating with for the summer of gaming include include 2K, Square Enix, Sega. Bandai Namco, Amazon, Google, Twitter, Devolver Digital, Devolver Digital, THQ Nordic, and more. Expect more details in the coming weeks. The event will include live broadcast and on-demand programming, featuring IGN's editorial coverage of the work of the game developers from around the world. Oh With wow! E3 well, 2020 to, canceled. IGN has a suite of programming planned to kick off in early June. <laughs> It includes publisher presentations with IGN pre- and post-discussions, remote developer interviews, hands-on demos and preview impressions, gameplay and news segments recapping the biggest announcements. Hmm. They they announced this uh, about 20 minutes ago. Interesting. Very interesting. You notice that uh, Sony wasn't a part of that, and neither was uh, Xbox, and neither was Nintendo? I would hope not. Yeah, so... Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting what's going on there. Um, and one more topic before we get out of here, but I do say if you're you know, enjoying the podcast, uh, make sure you hit the like button. Uh, Randy Pitchford being a dick. <laughs> oh, dear. So what's going, what's going on oh, with dear. Randy Pitchford, Jez? He's being a dick again? What's going on? Well, um, Jason Schreier. Is it Schreier or Schreier? I uh, probably pronounce his name. I always call him Jason Schreier. Well, what rant said? Jason of Kotaku, who's a very good journalist and frequently does, you know, he has good sourcing and posts um, good articles that detail the inner workings of the game industry, exposing shitty practices oftentimes from certain developers and, uh, you know, lending his platform to developers who otherwise might not have much of a voice or get much attention. As such, the attention fell on everybody's favorite CEO, Randy Pitchford of Mm -hmm. Gearbox, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who uh, took a $12 million bonus a few years ago, um, leading to the development of Borderlands 3, apparently pays his staff below industry standard rates because there is the promise of profit sharing. Now, the issue came from Randy 
reportedly, I want to say reportedly because I certainly don't have evidence this is true. Um, Randy reportedly said that developers would receive bonuses in the six-figure range, if I remember correctly, and um, if uh, Borderlands 3 met its sales targets and stuff like that. 2K and Gearbox have both announced that Gear, uh, Borderlands 3 sold very well. And, um, you know, judging by the streams and stuff, I, I presume that's accurate. And apparently, Randy announced to the team that there wouldn't be any bonuses after all. Yes, because the game was too expensive. Uh, apparently, it was $90 million to make Borderlands 3 and then another $50 million uh to finish the dlc so 140 million in that there was no profit sharing until 2k made their money back and it doesn't seem like they're gonna make their money back so randy's like yeah i know those bonuses i promised you uh you know and the reason you took it because we pay you underneath uh you know what you should be making yeah ain't happening (laughs) and this is a dude who took out a 12 million dollar you know uh bonus or whatever you want to call it which came out of the 60 percent just dude that I don't like Randy Pitchford. I've never liked Randy Pitchford. I think Gearbox is being kept alive by people by Borderlands because everything else they've put out is is horrible. Look at Battleborn. You look at Aliens, Colonial Marines. Um, I mean, Battle. What was that battle? Is it Battle for Hell Highway or uh, that World War Two game? It was okay, right? That's brother brothers. What's the name of that game, Jez? I can't remember. Uh, God, it's a World War II game. Brothers, something in Hell Highway, something like that. I'm sure somebody in chat will know, but I don't really care for Gearbox. It's I, that's why, like, I when I look at Godfall, even though I know they're not making it, I'm just like, well, if Gearbox thinks they're if Gearbox is publishing that game, it's like, is it really a good game? I mean, does Randy Pitchford know what he's doing? I don't think so. It's just another another like kind of. I mean, this is a guy that lost like company secrets at like a like one of those like tournament to eat like places with like porn on his like usb thumb drive or whatever you know you know remember that story yep a bit bit slimy bit slimy uh brothers in arms yes that's it i i do not i I, and the fact that borderlands 3 cost 140 million dollars is ridiculous to me because i play through borderlands 3 and I tell you what, not once did I think, you know what? I bet you this game cost a hundred million dollars to make. So if it did, there's, <laughs> I don't know if there's, they must have been Is it like really huge and complicated or something. It's not really any different than any other border Borderlands games, just open world. Like I don't, I don't. Maybe that's just like the how much games cost these days, and maybe why like Sony delaying The Last of Us Two is smart for them because they've poured. Because if, I don't know, like I look at Borderlands and you're telling me that game is $100 million, then something like Last of Us 2 has got to be double that. And something like Red Dead Redemption has got to be even way more. So, I don't really see the money being on the screen, but that may be because I'm ignorant to how much games actually cost. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't really, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like Gearbox. And I know I shouldn't have bought Borderlands 3, but I did because, like, I wanted to play something new. But, uh... I mean, this dude's just... I mean, he's got a track record. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, now it'd be a rough time to leave your job if you haven't already gotten fired for what's, you know, laid off for what's going on in the world. But uh, Gearbox, ugh. Didn't they work with Microsoft on, like, Halo at one point? I have no idea. I think they ported, like, like, on the multiplayer or something? Like, didn't they port, like, Halo 1 PC or something? Didn't they take what Bungie did and port it to the PC? I'm, I, I want to say they did something with Halo at, at some point. So, um, yeah, you guys, that's the uh, podcast for this week. We appreciate everyone being here. Before you guys leave, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, if you have any questions, put them in chat, and we will gladly answer this. And uh, shout out to everybody listening to this at home in the safety of their podcast apps, whether it's on Spotify or Google Play or SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, we hope you really enjoy the show. I don't know what I'm going to do. do you, Jez, do you want me to just go throw this in Premiere and grab the audio and cut out the beginning so people's ears don't bleed from the start? I mean, I can uh, do that before I send it to you. Just send it to me and I'll edit it. No, I mean, it, I'll, I'll edit it. You, might, you, you might edit it wrong. I won't edit it wrong. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, I won't edit it wrong. Um, let's see. We got any questions here? Let's see. Uh, have they fixed Borderlands 3 for the X? I don't think so. But then again, I haven't really been keeping up on the fixes of Borderlands 3. I don't have the game installed anymore because I never was going to, uh, play it again. Uh, QW Vampire says, great show, Random Jazz Baby. Thank you. Uh, Solo Dolo wants to know, hey, any news on, on Xbox New Studio in Poland? Yeah, so there was that rumor, uh, was it a month ago, two months ago, that Xbox was mm. talking to studios in Poland? Do you think anything came out of that, Jez? I have no idea. Yeah. I feel like we'd know by now. I mean, you could ask Zalker. He apparently says Xbox has a ton of like hidden Xbox studios. <laughs> and make sure you go tell Zalker I said that. He's got two, two videos now about <laughs> Xbox hidden studios. <laughs> One of it's them not, being Konami. I know, I know. It's not easy to... It's so oddly specific that Konami is working on gambling. What is that? that <laughs> oh my god, that means it's true. Ah, uh, leave the kid alone. Ah, I can't. It's so it's so funny to just. I wish he was here listening. Somebody's gonna tell him. If Darge, you tell him that I was making fun of him for his Konami thing. But you know what's gonna happen now? He'll be like Microsoft is. That'll be the big E3 announcement. Microsoft bought Konami, and I'll be sitting there like, well, I guess I'm eating crow on that one. <laughs> um, let's see here. We got uh, Greg says, I need a new pair of cans. Got any spares? Unfortunately, no. But Jez has a whole bunch of recommendations. Like, Jez, if somebody came to you and says, I got 300 bucks to spare, what is the best headset to buy? What would you say? I would say if you just want a pure Xbox wireless headset, Lucid Sound LS35X. Is my go-to like it's i think it's like 140 160 dollars in america it's got great sound and the reason i love it so much is that it's got tons of cooling gel in the ear cups so it just feels great to wear a razor does that too but i prefer the sound and the design on the lucid sound headsets and they have a really good microphone as well mm. so but if you want something that's more compatible across multiple devices the astro 50 is the best one to get I use the Astro A50 just because I want to use it on everything, and I can plug it straight into my TV. Yeah. But um, the best for Xbox alone is Lucid Sound LS35X. Or the Steel Series 9X is really good, but 
it's a little bit more expensive and i don't i don't know what you get for paying that little bit extra so you might as well just get the lucitone because they have all that coolant gel which i love i love my astray 50s um they're wireless i can't go back to wired headset uh, so i like the a50s uh we do have a super chat from p diddy he says are there secret first party games that you guys know about that haven't been announced will xbox bring the heat or will we be disappointed well, that's like the ultimate question, isn't it, Jazz? Will Xbox bring the heat or will be disappointed? Um, it depends on, like, it all depends on games being delayed. Like, the Xbox Series X could launch. And, like, I've made this argument on Twitter that it's not, it's not like a normal console launch. The Xbox Series X could launch without any games because of the delays. And, like, there, are, there is a segment of the community who will still go out and buy it because you know they're hardcore fans and they're they're willing to wait for the games and stuff but obviously they'll want to have the halo infinite there to drive sales but given what's going on in the world that might not be possible anymore um so i think xbox will deliver for fans and certainly multi-platform games will as usual but it might just take a year or two but it could be completely wrong microsoft could like in E3, Microsoft could be like, oh, well, these are all the games we've got, and there could be just loads of secret stuff. Like, who knows? Well, I mean, of course, they're all working on projects. Like, Obsidian's working on a AAA RPG. Uh, uh, what else? Um, I think there's still another help, another Ninja Theory game that hasn't been announced yet. Obviously, there's games from Xbox Global Publishing that haven't been announced. Um, Initiatives game. Like, do I know what some of these are? Well, no. Like, I don't know what they are. I mean, the only one that maybe I could say with any sort of confidence is Playgrounds RPG is Fable. But even then, like, do I 100% know it's Fable? Eh, 99.9%. I'll always say, like, you know, 100% is... uh, yeah, like I don't, you know, so it's spooky. You know, I always talk about the Surface Mini, yeah. literally on the truck, ready to be announced, and then they canceled it over the phone. That yeah. is true, and that, I worry about that with Lockhart. So it's like I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty positive Lockhart is this, but uh, uh, the question Lockhart is, could be like an ace in the hole, like something they just deploy if certain conditions are met, and maybe it's maybe they'll just decide they don't need it anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I do think Xbox will deliver 100%. I I am more confident in them delivering this upcoming gen than I ever was even before for this gen. Like I wasn't, I wasn't very confident in Xbox this generation. I I was severely like burnt by their strategy uh, of Xbox One and like the gimmick they went with with Connect and all that stuff. And it's it's like for me it was just like. They were just third party did the heavy lifting. Like all the best experiences I've had on Xbox were from third party this gen mostly. Like uh, you know, like your Witcher Three and stuff like that. Uh, Monster Hunter as well. All the best experience for me for, for third party. I want that to change next gen. I want my some of my best experiences to be from Xbox. You know. Yeah. Like as much as I like State of Decay, there's and and stuff like that. There's a lot. There's a lot of reasons to be frustrated with those efforts. So. Oh, we got a super chat from Osman. He says, great show, great show. Stay safe and keep your distance. You too, buddy. Hope everybody in the chat 
stay safe and healthy. Hopefully, my uh, family member tests negative for COVID. Uh, Xanzo says, Rand, you're forgetting In Exile. That's true. Um, I like Jez loves In Exile. They got to prove it to me, though, Jez. Like, I don't know. I don't really have well, a lot of confidence in an exile, but uh, supposedly they're working on. I played a, it. I played Wasteland. 3. I know, like, but I do. You think it's a game, is Wasteland three a game I'm gonna like? Be honest with me. Well, well, well probably not. Okay. Yeah. Well, there Did you, you go. like Dragon Age Origins? Yes. Well, I don't get that. Why do you like Dragon Age Origins? But just because the camera is isometric, you don't like Wasteland. I don't know. I'm just not or a fan. Or is it the turn-based gameplay? It's the turn-based gameplay I'm not a fan of. But like in Dragon Age, like it's kind of turn-based because you freeze time and things have a casting time. I suppose it's a little bit a little bit more dynamic. Hmm. But you can play it in that tactical... Dragon Age Origins, you can certainly play it in the tactical way. Like if you play it on PC, it literally has like an isometric mode. You can actually just play it like that if you want to. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got another one here from... Oh, let me bring up the chat again. I actually closed it. Uh, Aquaman says, hey, what's the real reason Bungie left Xbox and is there any chance they rejoin or collaborate with Xbox again? That uh, Forget about that. Like Bungie, Bungie left last gen. They mismanaged them so bad that they wanted to leave. A lot of that had to do with money. Is there any chance they rejoin? Probably not. Um, could they collaborate again? Maybe. Well, actually... I. I'm going to say no, because didn't they just get an infusion of, like, NetEase money for another project or something, Jez? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm sure they did, but I don't remember reading I it. could see I could see Xbox partnering with them in marketing for something uh, mm. for a next game. I can't see them being the publisher of Bungie's next game or the game after that. So that's what I'll say. Uh, as for like they're why suppo- they're supposedly pretty close, like they're, yeah, their no, studios they are near to each other. But like as for why they left, I mean, I've never have really asked anybody at Xbox that, and um, I'm gonna assume it came down to the contracts that a lot of the people in Bungie were about to expire. And I know the story I always heard was like the contracts were about to expire. Basically, all the talent was going to leave anyways. And it would just be Bungie and name only with like n- nobody left. And like they would go form a new studio and Microsoft was like, you know what? Let's just, let's just have them buy like micro. So basically Bungie bought themselves out. Microsoft got what? 10% of the company or something like that. So like mm. every, you know, they, they get a, like, I believe they own like 10% of the company or 15% of the stock or whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, maybe that was the compromise. But Binyabek says, hey, too many first-person shooters need JRPGs, God of War, and Japanese support, etc. Are there really too many first-person shooters? Are you, are you talking about in general or for Xbox? Because if it's in general, I don't really think there's too many anymore. I I, I think, like, I think there's hardly any now. And That's Microsoft- like, less like a weird meme. Like, how often do you actually play a first-person shooter these days? Like, there's Do- Doom that came out. Yeah, but was, like before then, what was there? I don't know because like the way I look at it is like yeah, a lot of people are trying to copy Call of Duty, so there are a lot of first-person shooters. But I don't really think there's a lot of first-person shooters anymore. And Xbox only has Halo. Um, I agree though; the Japanese support needs to be improved. Uh, I think there'll be more RPGs, and I think God of War needs to go on the shelf. Um. Mm-hmm. 
We got a question from Face again. Will the rest of the games coming out after Final Fantasy VII Remake get delayed and pushed back? I think the vast majority of them will. Like, I think Minecraft Dungeons comes out in May uh, because they already delayed it. And after that, I I am going to guess that Ghost gets delayed. The question is, when is it going to, when are they going to come out? That's, I don't know. It's like, when do you, when do you launch Last of Us Part 2? If you're saying it's indefinite and you're, and you're clearly waiting for the stores to reopen up so you can sell the physical copies again. Like, when is that going to happen? And if it doesn't happen until September, do you launch Last of Us 2 in September? Or do you just hold it until... Do you just hold Last of Us 2 as, until a, to be a launch game for the PlayStation 5 and just launch it as Nintendo's Breath of the Wild, where they launched it on the Wii U and the um, uh, the Nintendo Switch, right, Jez? Yeah. I mean, if you're Sony, do you think about that now? Do you think, you know what, if we've already, we're already holding off and we already definitely, you know, indefinitely delayed this game, why not just push it back and have it be a launch title for the PlayStation 5 at this point? That would get people, like, I want to play that version of that game. I need the PlayStation 5. I, th- I kind of think that's what they're doing with Gears Tactics. I think they're, they're making sure they've got something in the event of Halo being delayed I mean, I know Gears Tactics isn't going to be a system seller, but you know, um, it you know it just adds some more meat to the lineup. Um, I don't know. I think I I would hold it back at this point. And why not? You know, especially if it's going to come with enhancements, and you know it is. Well, that's the thing. So it's like, what if the PlayStation Five now launches with Last of Us Part Two and maybe Ghost of Tsushima? And even though their That'd launch games got pushed, but then Xbox Series X comes, but it doesn't launch it with Halo. You know, because Phil that, mentioned that'd be that'd be a good move for Sony. You know, well, yeah, if I mean, especially if they did a bundle with because uh, Sony's done some really great bundles in the past. To do a Last of Us, I, I know no one's no one's gonna. A lot of PlayStation fans probably won't wouldn't want to wait longer for the Last of Us Two. But if I was Sony, if I'm delaying it anyway, why not just delay it all the way to the PlayStation Five launch? Make a bundle, and just have everyone buy it with the last of us is and that's that's your sell, that's your unique selling point right there like who cares about power if you get in like the last of us 2 in the bundle right that would be that would be very interesting and I, I do wonder now that it's just like now there's no release date it's like well we can make whatever release we want and if halo does get moved maybe this is all a boon for playstation it's like hey you can get playstation 5 with last of us what do you got on xbox i you never know you you never you never know anymore uh emmanuel says hey rand is last last odyssey 2 a thing xbox buying mist i don't think so as much as i would like to see lost odyssey 2 be a thing i i think that ship is sailed man i would love love lost odyssey 2 so much yeah Especially given the game I've been playing this week. So Jay Slayer has an interesting question, Jez. He says, Rand, why doesn't anyone talk about Fantasy Star Online 2? It's a timed exclusive that's free right now on Xbox. They paid Sega a ton of money to bring it to the West. Why isn't anybody talking you about cut out, it? You cut out a bit there. He, he, so Jay Slayer says, Rand, why doesn't anyone talk about Fantasy Star Online 2? It's a timed uh-huh. exclusive that's free right now on Xbox. They paid a, Sega a ton of money to bring it to the West. It's a good question. Why I haven't really heard anybody talking about Fantasy Star Online. Too. I don't know anything about it. 
Neither do Honestly, I. I don't. Neither like, do I. I, I. I Fantasy Star is one of those games that I've always heard about, and I remember at school there was a guy at my school who was absolutely loved the fan the original, but if you go to the website, it even says, "See, Microsoft has really splashed out on this." It actually says. If you go to the Fantasy Star website, there's a massive Xbox logo at the bottom, and then a Windows 10 logo saying coming soon. And that's Windows 10, not Steam, which means the Windows Store, right? Which means Microsoft Microsoft sank some serious money into this. Well, I think it uses the Azure servers, doesn't it? Well, I guess so, but no one's talking about it. Is it bad? It's free to play, too. Yes. It's free to play. So it's free, free to play. It's a Japanese RPG, which supposedly everyone wants. And no one's talking about it. Hmm. I might have to. I might have to download it just to see what why no one's talking about it. Is it I mean, it's an older game. Fantasy Star Online Two has been out for a while in the in Japan, right? It looks. It looks kind of like. It looks. Yeah, it looks. To say it looks dated would be an understatement. <laughs> it does. It looks like. It looks like vr chat like <laughs> it looks like the the characters look like skins from vr chat man like, i'm not impressed with what i'm seeing right now but like you say it's an older game right yeah um... i don't know i don't know if it i like my japanese stuff but i don't know if i'd play this so skyro gaming he says hey did phil lie to us about controlling game pass or what um i think phil by mentioning that i think uh I think basically Remedy wanted more money than or 505 Games wanted more money for kind of like breaking the contract. And I think since PlayStation Now is looking to improve their service, I think they just probably decided to go with PlayStation Now. I don't I don't think Phil like knowing Phil, I don't think he just lied and was like, "Oh, it's coming to Game Pass for whatever." I think I think he thought the announcement was already made, it was coming. And he misspoke, and basically... Is there any chance he got mixed up with another game? Because I do that all the time. Like, I always, like, mix up the Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think I don't think he mixed up. I just think he... I think he just... I think he thought it was already announced, and he, and he said it, and then Remedy used that to probably just get more money out of them, and they decided to go with... Uh, uh, PlayStation Now instead. Uh, I think I think it'll still come to Game Pass at some point. Just it just it probably should have been in Game Pass already. Like if if <laughs> if Phil kept his uh his yapper shut. Which by the way, if you're listening to this, Phil, um, I do have a one piece of feedback for you uh, regarding your um your setup, and maybe my some of my Xbox friends who listen to this can pass this along. Uh, I think you should definitely invest in a better mic. and uh a better camera i think since you're working remotely uh your teams would really appreciate the uh better uh better uh fuller voice instead of the uh uh the laptop uh you know microphone that you're probably using we actually have an article on windows central best microphones for streamers in 2020 so if uh phil you want to get on that yeah Definitely, you need you need to get like a Yeti, or you need to get uh, something else. You need to have good quality voice 
and not to have uh not use the speakers that come with your surface or whatever you're using. That was the one thing I was like, <laughs> oh man, Phil, come on. We're we're the head of Xbox here. We, we gotta have some 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 kick ass audio equipment. <laughs> you know? Man, I could send I could send him one of mine. You could. I just got part, I just got part of him. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so I think that's gonna be it for the show. Uh, I apologize for blowing out everybody's eardrums. I'll get that fixed for the uh, podcast app release. I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, Jez's and mine Twitter stuff is on screen, obviously. Follow us there so you always know what's going on with the show. Uh, we appreciate everyone being here. Uh, you got anything to say, Jez, before we get out? We'll be back next week. And Jez yes. isn't going to say anything. We'll be back next week. Yes, Hopefully indeed. there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, stay safe, guys, and uh, keep it gaming. Later.